This week on the Hella Years podcast, episode two, we're going to talk Outcast. That's right, the greatest hip hop duo of all time. We're going to talk resiliency for our wellness segment. I'm going to have my homie Filet here in the studio with us. We'll check in with some of our Hella Years family. Talking Sean Kennedy. We're going to say what's up to Freeze out there in Atlanta. Have Maintain and Tony Tech call in. We're also going to talk Outcast albums and pick our favorite Outcast album and rank them. So, Lots in store. We're going to be in for a long one. So grab yourself a little beverage, kick back, and enjoy episode two of the Hell of Years podcast. Thanks for tuning in. Hip-hop and wellness. You're in the right spot. It's the Hell of Years podcast. All right, there it is. Welcome, everybody, the Hell of Years podcast. My name is Zach Woodruff, a.k.a. Big Kid Boots, a.k.a. Bootzilla Jenkins. It's your boy, the West Coast's very own filet in the building. In the building, and you're feeling yourself? Feeling myself, dog. All day, man. The Hell of Years podcast. So we're calling it the Hell of Years podcast because we've been doing this shit for hell of years. We've been in the hip-hop for hell of years. We've been knowing each other for hell of years. I've been a nurse for hell of years. Hell we did radio years, for hell of years. years. It's just hell of years, bro, of just in the game. And we just want to just, like, share our experiences and just... Hella years. Whenever I've traveled and I, I use the, the term hella, people are like, oh, you from the Bay? Uh, Northern, you from the West Coast, Northern, Northern Cali? Cali? Yeah. Because like, it seems like the rest of the country or even the rest of the world, nobody really uses hella. Hella. That's kind of a West Coast, Bay Area, Northern Cali thing. Just so. saying. And we uh, and created a lot of verbiage, as they would say. That's definitely an upcoming episode. We're going to have a lot of fun right here on episode two. We are going to talk about Outcast. Are they the greatest hip-hop duo of all time? It's possible. I love Andre 3000. I love Big Boy. I love Organized Noise. I love Outkast. I love Outkast as well, and I can't wait to talk about them because they've had a major impact on my life. Absolutely. We love everything Outkast. We are also going to talk about resilience. That's going to be our wellness topic for the week, how we're taking care of our mental health. And we've got a homie who has an inspiring story that we're going to check in, and we're going to talk to Freeze. And when I think of resilience and that topic of coming back when you've right. been challenged yes, and fighting a, your way back up to the top, man. This dude stands out to me. Yes, absolutely. Freeze is a great example of resilience. And then we're going to check in with Sean Kennedy in the Bay Area. And he's also going to share some experiences with us that's just kind of got him into the mental state of how he's taking care of himself uh, with meditation. It's going to be a good episode. Thanks for listening to Hell Years Podcast. Let's go. This is the Hella Years Podcast. The Hella Years Podcast. Hip-hop and wellness. All together. All right, y'all. The Hella Years Podcast, episode two, is officially underway. My name is Zach Woodruff, a.k.a. Big Kid Boats. It's your boy, Filet. Man, it's great to have you in the building. Last week, it was cool to get y'all on the phone, but I really like having you here in the studio. I love being in the studio, bro. We're going to have a lot of fun today. Episode two, I can't believe it's happening. Episode one was great. We talked about Will Smith. This week, we are going to talk about outcast and man outcast bro i'm an outcast fan fan love outcast super fan if you could only pick one do you pick big boy or do you pick andre 3000 andre. you didn't even hesitate yeah but i like them both together i don't even really want a solo andre I, album i don't but i do love him more than i love big boy but i do want them together does that make sense are they the greatest hip-hop duo of all time i don't yes see, yeah they are yeah well it's like who who even comes who even comes close i mean are, are some people gonna say mob deep fuck no are some people gonna say dog pound Ooh, no. yeah though no, i mean dog pound that's a great duo shout out daz what's up corrupt 
Right, but they only went platinum and Outkast went diamond. You know, <sighs> Outkast got a 2004 Grammy for album of the year. <sighs> Unarguably, maybe not their best album. Just saying, probably Dog Pound as New York, New York. I'm just saying, Big City of Dreams. So we are going to talk Outkast albums a little bit later and kind of rank our five. We're not going to address Idlewild, no, or their greatest hits. It's what just going to be their five albums, five five studio produced albums. Idlewild does not count. We're just going to jump into that that a little bit later and like we said we're going to talk to some of the homies it's going to be a fantastic episode you know filet did you check out the grammys last week did you watch them at all i can't front okay no all right <laughs> they were great were they well I mean, the performances were good well, there were some really 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 stellar performances well i can't front people in my house watched it yeah i you didn't i was tying up fishing rigs in my garage that's fine good for you Good. do you you know if you don't want to watch it don't watch it i did i checked it out there were some really great performances bts that k-pop band they killed it billy eilish was fantastic you just went to her concert recently she was great up in seattle it was a wonderful experience yeah, so anyway so the grammys they happened they never really give hip-hop the the respect and the props that never, we should you never. know i'm just saying that's kind of why i've been turned off to it and why i don't tune in like i used to now i mean i watched uh oh that was during the oscars that was mm. beyonce's performance yeah that was dope but i'll tune yeah, in for any yonce performance because you're about to see the best in the world ever you know what it. i'm saying yeah so she yes to it. that but anyway so these grammys you know some good performances and it had me thinking about just the, the relationship of the Grammys with hip hop. And it took me back to 2004 when I remember that Andre 3000 and Big Boy did solo albums, packaged it as a double CD right. and made it an outcast album yeah. that let's take the cheat off. Those were two solo albums, two solo albums. Big Boy Speaker Box and Andre's and Love, Love Below. Below. Absolutely. But two it wins album albums. of the year right. for the Grammys in right. 2004. First time that like a rap album gets the, the top honors for the year. And, and I think about it, and there's no way that's the one I'm picking for album of the year. Right. And well, and well, do you think about like is is that the album where they were so mainstream at that point? Where because think about how different those albums are. So different. The two so completely separate albums. Completely, like really, at the end of the day, even being packaged together was kind of a mystery to me. Absolutely. But then it worked. It definitely. I mean, worked. they used their outcast name to put solo projects out in one album of the year and a Grammy. And that was essentially the end of outcast after that. Yes, there was the Idlewild project and but, the greatest hits with the whole world single. But that was essentially the end. You're right. And what but what else could what else more could they do? I, I would have been OK with more outcast albums. I would have two boots. But I want you to think about just think about where music is now. Yeah what what else more could they have done like i mean they have reached i just i just would have been okay with more content from them only because like it's like uh like the harry potter movies right i really like them and some of them are not as good as others but i just like going to that place i like being in that place in harry potter and world. so i i, I would have enjoyed more. a bigger catalog of outcast music i agree with that you know when i think of like 40 water yes. and like how man how much catalog art i yes. can go spend yes. time with Compared to what I have for Outcast, I I'm okay with having more if that was an option. Right, is what I'm saying. So I'm right there with you on that. You know, I'll, I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I wish right. there was more Outcast content. So speaking of Outcast, and I remember '94. I kind of remember when 
Southern Playalistic Cadillac music came out. And I remember when when a few of my friends were talking about Outkast, but it wasn't we're out in the Bay Area and ninety-four high school, sophomore, junior year, sophomore year. Yeah. Like it was a lot of death row. It was Snoop. You a know, it Mac was Mall. in the Bay. It was Mac Mall. It was E40, the, sick with it. The too click. Short, drew down. The you know movies. what I mean? Absolutely. So Outcast wasn't really on our radar like no. that. But the first album drops and it, it's kind of like a who? Right. These it, down it, south boys got something yeah, here. Yeah, it caught my ear for right? real. It did. And, I, and it, it was something different. It was fresh because if you're from the Bay Area, you know, the Bay Area has a certain sound. Yeah. And it was a sound that was different from the Bay, but yet I liked it. And I, cause I really wasn't too much into East coast rap at that time. Although I did listen to Eric B and Rakim. We got to make sure when we talk to Sean, we kind of ask him about that or get his perspective on the outcast and the Bay link, like, like how maybe some of their, you know, influences or whatnot. And just that correlation, because yeah, we're listening to a lot of Bay music, but outcast kind of gets on everybody's radar. Right. He does. Right. And the Bay is kind of like, like they don't just welcome you in. Like you're not just, if you're really in the Bay music, you're not just slapping a whole lot of Wu Tang no, or Biggie you're, you know, or Mob Deep. Exclusive or, Bay. At least I knew a lot of people like that. Well, come on. I mean, you're exclusive Bay listener. And, right. But it was like the pride of being from the Bay Area. As absolutely. Well. You know what I mean? But it's a lot like, of places are like that. Yes, absolutely. New in New York, York like, they like love that. their New York artists. It's and down like, south, right. they, they just, bump their down south yeah, shit. Same. So I get it. Absolutely. I get it. So, but we were definitely in a different place. Okay. So that's 94. 95 with juniors we go into senior year 95 96 graduate 96 and at aliens is that time i and i want to say in and that's that album for me is so crucial into my development as a young man right because that's I th- and i don't remember the month that it came out but maybe we can look it up but i that summer i was going to college in the fall okay that summer i rode in my jeep blaring elevators so did you go straight out of high school to sac state yes so you went freshman year sac state yes okay yes and so but that summer it was like okay i gotta live it up right you know what i mean because i'm I'm going to college you're finding yourself right you're by yourself out there in sacramento exactly driving summer nights it's hot there's people yanking wherever you go come on bro it was cracking back in sack back then and so um that album became a soundtrack to my life back then right i literally listened to it every day I can still turn it on. Actually, right now, last week I did. Right I woke now, up, was making the bed, and turned on ATL. ATL is right now, it's what it's an all-time favorite. Album. It's timeless music. Timeless. It's timeless music, and so yeah. So, did you know all the artwork on that album that Andre he drew right drew and and did all the yeah. artwork for it? Well, he's so man. I wouldn't be surprised, man. I do. He actually so, did all the artwork for their their following albums too. too right? But like he Just did the, all the that. start of that, right? He's so creative bro that just that gives you a little insight to that guy's brain like of how like the things are meshing in there to have 
dope artwork and dope lyrics and poetry and being able to act and being able to kind of switch up like your whole brand right in front of our face and for not even force feed it to us and we kind of just were like okay you're fucking andre 3000 and true artists do it exactly so if you guys don't know outcast they met i believe when they were teenagers yeah. at a mall or something in atlanta um just kind of connected and started making music obviously made some magic happen when they released their first album back in 1994 uh, we were just talking about AT Aliens 96 a few years later when this is around the time you and I actually started to, to, to hang and yeah. hook up was uh, Sacramento 98, 99. So after junior college, I moved up to Sacramento with my boys, uh, Robbie Digital and uh, Sean Lamaki, rest in peace, my brother. And I'm out there and I was working at a shoe store at Florin Mall and it goes down out there in South Sac. And I'm at Florin Mall and it was chic shoes chic and i was shoes. with my bro vard shout out to my man vard what's up vard Varduch, what it do and uh we hire a radio station to come do our grand opening yeah and yeah. it's 103.5 the bomb the bomb and you show up that day because <laughs> you were at the station already and it was a new station only been around less than a year i think yeah. nine or ten months and ebro was at the head of this station and then uh, Filet comes out to, to do the grand opening. Of the shoe store. And, and, yeah. And it, I think it was written since then. And we find out that we're both going to Sac State. Yep. We both got similar interests. We're both from the Bay. Oh. It was, and then we're both, you know, we're the same age. Like, it it all worked out. Yeah. And then we're like, let's kick it. Let's go. Let's go jump into all of this fun that we're about to have, man. And so. Wait a minute. We had a ton of fun, and at the same time, the Outcast Equimini album was getting uh, going, and it was there at the bomb that we were able to start playing these records and being a part of it. With the Stank Onya album that came next, Arista actually and our homies Bys and Lance and other homies, um, they actually brought Outcast to the radio station, got to spend yeah. an evening with them. It was cool as shit. Um, what great dudes Andre ended up sending me a skateboard that's over there on yeah, the wall you know fresh. what I'm saying yeah. real cool Lance made that happen so shout out Lance Walden yeah. Arista Records um, but we got to spend some time seeing what the um, what the music did on the industry side so yeah. whereas with AT Aliens we were fans because we were seniors yeah. in high school yeah. the next couple of albums were actually in music involved in it right and, and so, playing the records right and ebro's kind of leading the way Mark with a lot of outcast music marketing the records right absolutely breaking groundwork on hip-hop and and creating a lane for really like down south or this lane for atlanta of the young bloods and the goody mobs and oh young bloods 85 the, right Heard it on 85 that's slow still, taking it easy i don't want nothing to my, keep me from you that's still in my rotation as well yeah that's a you record I mean? right there exactly but it, that had the sound of Outkast. Yeah. That sure. has Outkast written all over it. So um, they created this very important lane that now we got to navigate in a different way. And it was just really cool because now we became, we were, went from fans to like, now we're like, we're working for them damn near. In a way, we're working with them. Yes. We're doing our part. Our, to, you know? Right, to make them successful. So when they, you know, do something big or do something great or the album goes platinum, like, damn, like, I felt good for all the times we spun the record or we talked about right. it or the, all the stickers we gave out or whatever you may have. And wouldn't you agree when artists come through your, your radio station or your turf and you 
you welcome them but you also as a fan can speak on their music and can talk about stuff that you like about their art like when i told andre i really appreciated like his drawing and his painting and stuff and he's like most people don't know that i do that right like that you when you had the opportunity just to express your your appreciation for their art so often they're so in they're so inviting and so welcoming of that energy and then you can actually have a real conversation and a lightweight friendship with them very quickly well it it, it puts their guards down certainly and so it's not it's and i think that's one thing about us and you'll find out about us we haven't we haven't done things the conventional way and when you do things unconventional such as really being a fan really having uh, a history of the fan right like yo I, I know about this this and this and not just on some sinus autograph thing yeah right it's a little bit different it allows that artist to put their guards down because this dude is buying into me yep. as as andre rather than this entity of outcasts and yada 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 and so it does feel like a friendship because it allows them to be vulnerable and put their guards down yep absolutely so we get to experience some of that, right? Yeah. Outcast comes to the station. We get to play their records. Um, ultimately, by the time Speaker Box and Love Below happen, we're already out here in Portland. Correct. And it's 2004 and the Grammys. The album comes out in 03. But in 04, they win for Album of the Year and kind of close pretty much the Outcast chapter. Error. You know, right. that they end that book, essentially. Right. There's like a little bonus chapter with... Idlewild, which you know, Who, cool. But what? Like you can be an outcast fan and not even know that's what that an, is. That's an asterisk on that one, right? It's all good, you know what I mean? But the thing is, they made their their they put their stamp down, they made their mark, and what they have done as a group is timeless. It's classic. If you don't know about Outkast, if you haven't spent time with Outkast, if you don't feel like you've given them a fair listen, do yourself a favor and invest a week or two or a month into these albums and give them a fair shot and appreciate what they do because they made some of the best music of the 90s and it wasn't on some gang banging shit and it wasn't on some just straight lyricism it was their own down south a-town sound that was absolutely fan-fucking-tastic phenomenal phenomenal fucking-tastic you couldn't have put that any better they really carved out their own lane yes they carved out they carved out their own listening lane because I didn't even like listen to anything else like how I listened to them. Like, you know, cause back, I, you know, for the true hip hop heads, we critiqued everyone we listened to. Right. Right. Especially when we got into the radio days, it was like, okay, these East Coast dudes are lyric, lyric based. West Coast dudes are beat based. What were the down zones? I don't know. Right. And we didn't so, know, they didn't have that identity yet. Atlanta, I'm sorry, Outkast created this lane of listening for us that opened us up to this whole new thing of lyrics without the crazy 808 drums that's more melodic and fucking musical and you can hear the horns and the different instruments and but it's not old school and it's fresh and it's new and i'm sure atlanta had a sound that a lot of people were all you know in the 80s and 90s yeah. loving but 
it maybe hadn't connected and resonated in other parts because the internet the the way to distribute music wasn't it wasn't as accessible so i didn't know what was going on in right. atlanta right until it came out on the radio right and so but if outcast opened up that lane for us then that's how i that was my kind of my first introduction yeah. into some of atlanta music yeah. That was and they it, them not just Atlanta music but what organized confusion and the Dungeon Family and you know all these subsidiaries of Outcast you know and so I loved it so much so Outcast I wonder what part of your story Outcast plays because you know you might be a little too young for Outcast if you are. We totally invite you to go spend some time with them like we were just talking about. Please. If you're our age and you spent some time with Outkast in the 90s, maybe you're reflecting and thinking about what they meant to you and what part of your story they play. Um, so much great music, so much amazing art. Outkast, Andre 3000, Big Boy. Learn about them. Do your research. Spend some time with them. We're going to talk a little bit more with our homie Sean Kennedy when we get back. You keep it locked where you got it. It's Big Kid Boots. Your boy Filet. Right here, the Hellier's Podcast. Hellier's. We are back. Hip hop and wellness. Right here. It's the Hellier's Podcast. Yeah, Boots, man. So, I know we've been talking about Outcast, and Outcast has made a major impact on both of our lives. And I think uh, I want to bring on the line uh, a really good friend of mine that we're going to be talking to a lot because, you know, people seem to forget the kind of the backbone of making and breaking these artists and all the work that kind of goes in to uh, making these guys successful. And so, you know, you could have good music, but you also got to have a good team behind you. And so I got my, my guy you know, the Bay Area Zone, Sean Kennedy. What's happening, gentlemen? How you guys doing today? Oh, man, uh, it's actually a lovely day in the Pacific Northwest, and so we're actually just uh, grateful that we're all here today. Absolutely. What's that California sunshine looking like? It's beautiful out here today. The sun the sun is out. I think it's going where I am. I'm in the Pittsburgh Antioch area, which is probably about uh, 40 minutes away from San Francisco, but where I am... It's blue skies, the sun is out. I think we're going to hit about 82 degrees today. So it's actually a beautiful spring nice. day. Oh, man. That's the one thing I do miss about the Bay Area, bro. I, I do I do miss that. Because for us, we get this day, we get this 77 today, Sean, and then tomorrow it rains. <laughs> oh, wow. Hard, too. Windy as fuck. You're right. You're just, right. Just, just when you thought, like, oh, man, I'm going to put the shorts on. Tomorrow I'll be in my rain jacket again. Exactly. No, I, I get it, man. I mean, I, one thing about, you know, going far northwest up there in, in that area, in Seattle area, it does rain a lot. I, I, I used to come up there in, like, the winter, uh, December, January, and I'd be like, damn, they'd be like, it's, it's been raining for 60 days. I'd be like, what? All right, Sean, so this week we're just getting excited because we're getting the, the podcast underway, and one of the groups that uh, Filet and I were talking about a lot over the last just few weeks as we're getting ready to launch the podcast outcast has come up several times and just air roll what they've done for us the music all of that um 
take us back tell us a little bit about how you feel about outcast and just the early days of when outcast was just coming out and like their their role in your story the one thing that i identify with them is that you know um coming from the south uh they had you know some various swag about them you know what i'm saying as far as you know the music and everything and uh so when i first heard them i was like man i love this group you know i thought they were you, you sort of had an impression about the South back in the day, uh, you know, which was a false stereotype, but it was like, oh man, you know, who's some hit dudes coming out the country? You know what I'm saying? They ain't got nobody rapping in Atlanta. They ain't got nobody. If it is, it's like, you know, hillbilly music or something. You know what I'm saying? So even though there were other artists that were coming out, Outkast made me feel like, what the? And Outkast always had this, they had this South feel but they lean towards hip-hop with a lyric you know because back in the early 90s it was really about you know it was about california music and really about east coast music you know what i'm saying so to hear outcast come out yeah to hear outcast come out you know what i'm saying um, um with bars like you just said uh was pretty amazing and uh really actually kicked open the door um, for a lot of what we hear coming out of Atlanta. As a matter of fact, I, I would say a door opener. So uh, that's where I was at that particular time. You just said something that I, I don't know if I've ever thought about, but hearing you say it actually just like was like kind of a wow moment for me here. That Outcast has some like Bay Area swag and maybe just being from Northern Cali and being from the Bay, maybe that's why we connect with them so much. Yeah. And I, and I, and I actually got the same feeling when Sean said that because why uh, it's always like okay what's the why 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 was i like drawn to them and I, sean and i were talking about this earlier and it was like bro it was just like it, it wasn't like gangster hard shit but it was so like hip-hop but it was so, so hip-hop and so player right player that, and for which us, is oakland right, right come on bro right, right? right. Too short. But, but you, gotta, you gotta remember the first album was uh uh, uh southern uh, South, how did, what was it? Super Southern, Southern Player Music, music, music yeah. <laughs> Right, right. But it's that, still that, hard that to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's that funk, though. When you talk about playeristic, super funk player, you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's right, dude. Especially when you talk about California. When you talk about California, you gotta go to the Bay Area and really Oakland to get the funk. So you could talk yeah. about people like Sly and the Family Stone, you know what yes, I'm saying? Sir. And you can right, talk about right. Bootsy Collins, Bootsy Collins, yes, like folk from Sly and the Family Stone, and so forth and so on. We can go down that road. But when you listen to that and then they lyrics, you like, damn, man, these things are funky, they're lyrical, and then they saying some stuff that, you know, we say in the Bay Area. And then when you really follow the history of it, you find out they was listening to Too Short. And they love right. Too yeah. Short in Atlanta. Okay. You know what I'm saying? True down. You were telling me yeah, to listen to Drew Down and shit. Yeah, dude. Come on, Pimp of the Year. And Sean, I want you to explain to our audience also, too, just a little bit about <clears throat> your personal experience when you were up and running with Ill Trends and kind of like how you were running around and doing kind of like these promotions on the streets and from this really grassroots level of really branding them as a group. I started doing music promotions just like a year and a half after they dropped their first record. Um, and um, I met some key individuals back then um, that ended up hiring me to work for Airstead, I think in 1998, I think it was. And Outkast didn't come to Airstead Records until I think like 2000, uh, when okay. L.A. Reed 
took over um, uh, Records for, for BMG, I mean for Clyde Davis. So I didn't actually work any of their, when they first came out, I was a fan like everybody else. Uh, but I did help in the promotions process of it because uh, I liked Outkast and either if it's you or it's me or anybody within that hip hop community, we all did our part. If we liked them because we told somebody about Outkast and that's the first step in grassroots marketing is word of mouth. So I think a lot of us being fans in the beginning, hearing this phenomenal group uh, called Outkast come out the South, I think, especially on the West Coast, we were all captured by it. And uh, I think that we all did our part in the beginning as far as word of mouth. Because before I even knew I was a promoter, I was telling people about groups, you know, and Outkast was one of them. Um, so I think early on, without even getting a paycheck, I was always a supporter and uh, an advertiser for Outkast. Um, ain't that but the truth, I, man? Is it? But is is it that what we do though, Sean? Like that's what we do when we feel something, right, or there's like a right. group, or a song, or an album, or an emotional connection. Something that you're like, I gotta tell my my dude about this one, or I gotta share this with my homies over here because it moves me, and this shit is fire. Yeah, yeah, man, and that's 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 what organic, you know, promotions is really about, and um, and getting the word out there. You know, um, you, we don't even know that we're doing. It. We don't even know that we're advertising. It's just like, man, I. I just heard this record off, oh, man. You, you, yeah, yeah, you gotta hear this, man. You gotta hear this. I mean, this, this is kind of gonna take us off track a little bit, but I do want to say this. It takes me back to the first time that I actually discovered hip hop. And I was with my brother, a dude named George, his mother, and a guy by the name of Dave Smith. And we were on our way to Park Warner football, Oakland Dynamite. And he said, he busted out with this song. He said, uh, it was Rapper's Delight. I have friends coming over to say food. The chicken all right. This chicken smell like wood. I can't remember the damn lyrics and I should be able to remember them. The first time I heard that was word of mouth out somebody else's mouth. And I swear, um, um, on our way to practice, which was like 10 minute ride, within 10 minutes, Dave Smith probably said that verse a hundred times and I memorized it by the time I was practicing on the football field. So that's <laughs> that's a great hip hop story. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> right, right, right. That's really a so, great hip hop story. So um so that was a, that was my first introduction to what word of mouth in hip hop is I didn't find it on the radio. I didn't find it because somebody promoted to me like to an advertisement. A friend of mine in the backseat of a Maverick, nineteen seventy nine Maverick on our way to Pop Water Football introduced to me hip-hop. You know what I'm saying? And, and it was just word of mouth. We were kids. And, and so I didn't really put that together until later on when I started marketing music on how much that in the beginning for me everything was all word of mouth because I came up in a time when hip-hop wasn't being played on the radio the way it is right now. We had one little station in San Francisco called KPOO where you had to adjust your record, your, uh, your you had to put a hanger in your um, in your box inside your, your boom box so you could even hear the damn station. Uh, so word of mouth, right? So word of mouth for for hip hop music started with not no radio at all. Songs like Rappers Delight moved all the way to across the country. And and uh, and and made it to California. You know, it's, it's almost like the, the beginning before they created the Panama Canal to go through. You know, South America. You had to go all the way around this horn 
to get to, to California. You feel me? So it it, it it was that early word of mouth that got the music to us. But like, let me ask you and Sean, do you guys think that organized noise gets enough of the, do they get their roses? Because Ooh. the sound of Outkast. Organized noise. I think, I, you know, when we talk about organized noise, Rico Wade and them, I actually, from working with them guys, had an opportunity to go out there and hang out with them in the clubs and went to the studio. Um, what was that like? I'd love to hear. Like, what was that like? <laughs> Oh man, it was like uh, I was the king of Atlanta because I had the bomb that they didn't have. But but yeah, so I immediately had Northern Cali with me, which because they were when as soon as I sparked that, they was like, "Who is this dude right here?" Immediately, so, immediately, immediately. Yes. Hey, hey, when the when the Native Americans call it the peace pipe, that's the reason why. Yes, sir. So long story yes, sir. short. Um, going there, man, was once again life-changing experience. Um, they had go- grown past where they first started, and their studio, I think, was in uh, Claretta Scott King's old house, or one of the, one of the kids. Wow, uh, it was That's definitely Martin Luther King's old house. Yeah, and so that was an experience going to this historic location itself, and then just being able to hang out with the dudes in the studio and listen to music and everything. It, it was it was. Uh, it was surreal, man. It was it's something that I sometimes I can't even I, I can't even uh, believe I even did it. You know, in this music, um, we one thing is the money, but one thing for me has always been like I just want to be in it. So yeah. there, there were times that like so that much. where I ended up in there, and I got to literally pinch myself. Literally, yes. I got to stop myself from crying. Yep. You know what right. I'm saying? Yep. I, I is can't this even really believe happening? I can't. Yeah, is this really happening? I can't even believe yeah. I'm here amongst these other can't human beings. Even they believe all, I'm here. I can't even believe I'm here, man. You know, right? I, I, you right. want to know what this moment right here for me is the real moment. Like, I actually did something. Somebody want to talk to me about? That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. I can't. But to, but to answer your question, in the early days, man. Uh, going and meeting Stephen Brown and Kujo and Big Boy and Backbone and you know what I'm saying all the people that that even make it to you know to the top that, that hung out with the whole organized crew organized noise crew man um, I think that they opened the door and I think that their music speaks volumes for what Outkast and them did I think that they all relied on each other to make what they made and I, when I listen to Outkast in the early days and I think about what organized noise um, I see them as one entity I see them as that they all needed each other to do what they did so when I see them they're like Voltron to me uh, uh, um, they, 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 they are one unit that can bust out into several different units you know what I'm saying so when I think about organized noise and and um, and uh, and remembering those times in the music and everything, I think that they're groundbreaking. And as always, uh, I don't think that we there's the industry side of things where the industry will play you out, and then there is the fan side of things. So as a fan of organized noise, uh, um, they're pioneers. Um, they created new sounds. They lifted a whole region up on their shoulders and brought them forward, and um, and and 
compares all groups, no matter how big they get sometimes, you'll never feel like they got enough credit. So um, Organized Noise is up there with me and the Smithsonian of, of all-time producers and groups, and they 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 put a whole region on their back and created a whole new thing for the South. So Boots, you know, um, Sean and I was talking kind of to kind of get this thing wrapped up in our wellness part. Sean has had some very cool next level experiences, not just in this music and hip hop and hella years and that, but Sean is also um, hella years of just getting right with himself. And so one of the things like what's one of our questions, Boots? The, the most important question is just what you're doing to take care of yourself. You know, well, I want to check in with people and ask them what they're working on. And then ultimately, what are you doing to take care of yourself? How are you taking care of you? And, and before, you know, what can we share? And before you answer that question, Sean, mm-hmm. I want you to give us as you can take as long as you need. But I think it's very important because he told me this story, Boots. It's, mm. it's, it's a moving story. To get to where he's at now okay and i think it's very important to share that story sean with us because um maybe someone else has had this experience it can't label it and know what it is okay uh showing the importance of kind of like self-care and kind of just being more in tune with vibrations of the universe and like this shit is real Certainly. You know, so if you can give us a quick snapshot of that, Sean, to kind of, because I think that sets the foundation and the stage uh, to where, like, what are you doing now to work on yourself? Perfect. Right. Well, Bruce, I want to shout you out being a registered nurse and everything because my kid's right mom, wifey, is a registered nurse. As a matter of fact, she is MSN, APRN. FNP. She got a whole P-A- lot of letters. P-A-G-N. <laughs> yeah, Man, so, she's a nurse practitioner, yeah. got her doctorate. Yeah. She's doing yeah. it. Well done. <laughs> yeah, That's yeah, fantastic. Yeah, masters and everything and all that type of stuff. So I've actually been around the medical field. Um, to, to, the, to the question, my journey probably started for me when I didn't even know it was a journey that was going to start. When I started having these, these dreams. Um, um, where I would, couldn't wake up out of these dreams and I thought something was wrong. Um, but later, learning in life, the things that were happening to me were almost like the outer body experiences that I was actually having. Um, long, short story, fast as I can, long story short, fast as I can, however you say it. Uh, I had my head run over by a truck when I was 16 years old. And um, after, after my head being run over by a truck, ironically, I was trying to get tickets to the Tougher and Leather concert with Run DSP. And, uh, and so I had a, a, a summer job working for an electrician. Long story short, I had my head run over by a truck, uh, lost hearing in my ear. They had to do all this surgery, skull fractured. Just, I should, probably should have been dead. I should have been dead. Everybody looked at me in amazement. Neurosurgeons, ear, nose, and doc, doctors. But from that experience, I was like, did I die? I always felt this feeling of life because when I was running across this field trying to save my life, I was like, I, uh, I thought I was dead, period. End of story. There was no question in my mind that I was going to fall out in the field and die. Just, I just thought I was dead, period. I kept telling the dude I was waiting to kill me. It's over. I don't know how I'm going to live. And so, um, and so from that point, 
um, um, when I woke up, I didn't go into like a coma, but I went to like maybe some sort of deep sleep or something in an ICU and I was asleep for like three days. And when I woke up, um, if I did wake up in between three days, I don't remember. Uh, um, but when I woke up, I was like, you know, thinking it was like three days, you know, prior. And it's like, nah, man, it's like Tuesday. And I was like, did I die? And I just, just this question just stayed in my head. Okay, so fast forward all the way till now. Um, have always wondered from about 16 years old, am I dead or alive? Like, did I die? Am I living? Did I die? And now all of a sudden I picked up where I am in some alternative space. It was just always weird. And so um, in 2002, um, 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 you know, I made a little money and bought me some motorcycles and stuff like that and had all the toys of life and uh, uh, crashed on the damn motorcycle. Rolling or showing off, I was I was with Jada kissing those guys, and they was doing an in store, and and it Ras for Rasputin and San Lorenzo. And when I left them, I'm, I'm pretty good on bikes. I'm a stunt man and all that, so I'm doing wheelies and shit. And I did a wheelie, and the dude pulled out in front of me, and I hit the car, and it was a wrap. And, um, oh. and once again, I got knocked out again. And in this in, in this time of being knocked out, I saw my, the saying of your whole life flashing in front of you, I saw everything I ever knew. I saw everybody, and I saw these numbers, couldn't make sense of it. And I just always remembered that. And then we fast forward to about four years ago, um, when I, I started meditating. And in my early stages of meditation, I, um, I would see all of these images and all of these things that I saw before that I couldn't make sense of started making sense to me. It started, it started feeling like, um, you know, uh, uh, I had been here before or, or I've seen this before, but the deja vu's and stuff is going on. And I'm like, this shit is weird, you know, but I still couldn't make sense of it, but I'm trying to meditate and I'm trying to meditate because I'm trying to healthier choice uh, of, of, you know, just trying to learn who I am through my body and all of that stuff. Uh, so fast forward to where we are. A couple of years ago, um, I had an experience where I was at home and I was kicking back. I have a swimming pool in my backyard and I was chilling and uh, got these cool lights in the pool and I'm just checking them out, just vibing. And then all of a sudden something came over me and I was like, who am I? And it started getting weird. I was like, oh my, did I die or what's going on? And I couldn't remember like who I was. And I was like, this shit is really weird. And then I started thinking to myself, everything I've ever heard is something someone told me. I never experienced anything for myself. Like every name I've ever heard, that's a tree because that's a tree. Because somebody told me that's a tree. That's the sky because that's the sky because somebody told me. What's original? that I could think of. So I started thinking to myself, let me name something myself. So I put a fan, put it on the counter. And I started looking at the fan and I started trying to come up with a name for the fan. But the only name that kept coming in my head was fan. And so I started feeling, I started feeling like, started crying, honestly. I was like, I don't know nothing. I can't even think of a damn name for the fan. And then I started trying to stick my hand through the fan. I know it sounds crazy, right? But I'm trying to stick my hand through the fan if the fan is invisible. 
but the fans not invisible the fans solid and then I started feeling this this voice telling me the reason why you can't stick your hand through the fans is because it's vibrating and because it's vibrating it's dense and at the at the uh, frequencies that it's vibrating on you know and then I started going huh what, what, who's talking to me right and then this voice that came out of nowhere just told me to close my eyes and I closed my eyes and then I just started hearing this this chant in my head that was saying the, the lights in the darkness the lights in the darkness and I was like what the lights in the darkness and everything I had ever been told in life disappeared who I was what I was what this was where I was all of that disappeared I mean like it didn't even exist anymore and this is the weird part I, everything became energy there was nothing solid around everything was these different colors of energy was just weird I was like what and so I started doing I started walking through my house making all these movements and feeling through energy and and doing all of these things uh, getting on the ground measuring space and I started finding out we don't need mathematics and we, we're not separated from anything. And the light in this chant just kept saying, in the darkness is the light. In the darkness is the light. And the more that chant, the stronger that chant got, the more things I could see out of darkness. The more energy I could see. I went in my refrigerator and felt things for what they were, not for what someone said they were. I started feeling things for what they, what they were. I started filling the walls, I started filling the tables, and they were tables. It was just solid, different vibrations of energy that that is hard to explain in the world, our reality. Uh, and I knew that I was not in our reality anymore. And and that the reality that I was experiencing was, was so blissful, meaning that it was so exciting, so energetic, and it was, uh, it was, um, so the only way I can explain it, it was just energetic, exciting, something I had never felt before. And it was so exciting that the whole time I was just bawling, crying, but not crying from being sad. Just, it was just so overwhelming and it felt so good that it was the only thing you could do is cry for me. And so when this experience is over, I ended up in back in the very same spot that I was um, started from um, an hour and a half had passed it seemed like only seconds and when I came out of the movement I was doing like Tai Chi and I had never done Tai wow. Chi before and, and, and Tai Chi is like when you move it energy and stuff you know and, and I'd learned about it later on what Tai Chi was because I have seen people do Tai Chi but never knew really never studied it at all. But then when I came out of my living room with no Tai Chi instructor or nothing, I was like, what the hell just happened, right? And so from that experience, man, I started having other experiences that are just not of our reality. And um, and then I started running into individuals that would say things to me, um, just like messages, you know, just out of the clear blue would tell me I would tell them my experience and they'll tell me that they've tried you know ayahuasca or do different things that I've never even heard of before 
to even just try to get there. And I talked to different people who meditate and even seasoned meditation people were just like, you know, dude, you know, this is happening to you without you ever meditating before. And then ever since then, man, um, um, for me, um, you know, I'm into walking and doing all of those type of exercises. But for me, meditation um, has been a real key for me in understanding who I am. And it has separated me from all the noise of everybody else. And so now I've become uh, a person who is more silent, uh, even though I probably seem excited. I get excited. I do get that. But when I'm by myself or I, I prefer now to, I love people and being around people, but then I also love the silence. I love, I love to sit and just be with nature. I love right. to talk to the birds and, and recognize <laughs> everything in this impermanent world. And when I say impermanent, meaning that we live in a, on a world that, that, that nothing lasts forever. It, 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 even if it's the pyramids of Egypt, eventually they're going to disappear over time. Um, um, so nothing in this world is permanent. And so I've been able to come to grips with that. I am not permanent. No one, nothing here is permanent. And I feel now that, um, I'm the universe experience in itself, that I am as one. And we know if we look out into the cosmos that we see millions and billions of universe, we live in one, the Milky Way galaxy. And in our galaxy, um, um, we have over a billion stars and planets. Inside our body has over a billion cells, you know, all type of, uh, blood, whatever you want to call it all the cells that's inside our body. And so one of the things that I've done in meditation is that our our body, our heart beats without us telling it. We breathe in and out without us telling it. Our body, uh, immune system working right now, fighting off foreign invaders without us telling it. All of these things. So one of the things that I've done in my meditation and in this oneness is become one with the universe inside of me. Meaning that I talk, I talk to myself. If I have some sort of pain or whatever, medicine is good for certain things and we need it. But then I'll also feel like that I can direct um, my immune system to do what I want it to do. I just need to learn how to talk to it. And so what I've learned that we as humans have existed with external noise learning how to listen to the birds and the bees and everything. But if you get a doctor with a stethoscope, they listen to internal noise. Being the blood flow, your heartbeat, and everything else. You can cough and they could go, okay, you got the moment. They've learned to listen to your internal. And we are the owners of our biological body. And we can hear what our body is telling us. All we have to do is learn to communicate with it. So we direct our uh, our listening to internal instead of external. And in meditation, you can separate yourself and you can actually hear your 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 your, your white cell fighting off infection. You can actually direct them to a certain place in your body. You can actually separate yourself from pain and actually look at it 
and I, I have back pain and a couple of chronic pains, and I've actually been able to go outside of myself and observe my pain. And it sounds weird, but I've been able to do that. So I, I just want to say that we have a universe inside of us that we need to listen to. Uh, we're going to end today with that, like looking in the universe inside you. Um, I think it'd be a good way to end this uh, as far as the wellness part. And Sean, we appreciate you coming on today uh, to share those experiences with us. Um, I look forward to speaking with you in the future because I know there's plenty of more stuff yeah, man. Um, to share because it's, uh, again, hella years in the game. Oh, man. Well, I just want to shout y'all out, man. Boots for life for even having me on the show. Um, this this right now is a unique experience for me um, because I never admit hip-hop with my own spirituality like this. <laughs> yeah, man. It's something exciting, man. We appreciate yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely enjoyed that. So thank you guys for um, for, for uh, interviewing me today. All right, buddy. Well, we'll talk to you soon, okay? Okay, man. Peace. Again, shout out to the big homie, Sean Kennedy. Really appreciate all the insight and uh, everything that he, sh- he shared, man. That was very interesting and real cool, man. What a conversation. Yeah, I've known this guy for over a couple of decades, and I'm just really grateful for Sean and uh, all the experiences him and I have gone through. And, and he's a real crucial part to, uh, to hip-hop, especially on the West Coast. And so um, I look forward to checking in with him in the future. Absolutely. So we want to talk a little bit of wellness right now. It's going to be the wellness segment. We're pretty deep into the episode already. And one thing that Filet and I were just talking about before we uh, turned the mics on today was, you know, we don't really want to have limits or restrictions. If there's a good conversation happening and going, we just kind of want to embrace that and run with it. And you might get an episode that's 40 minutes and you might get one that's two or three hours. Right. Just depending on how it goes. And, but we've got to make sure we keep it interesting for you guys and make sure we ask the the good questions because uh, some of this stuff is very important. Absolutely. We look forward to talking to our homie freeze in just a little bit, but let's talk wellness. Let's talk about the topic of resilience, Resilience. right? So last week we were talking about Will Smith and the slap and mental health and how, you know, you got to, the meaning that we assign to what people talk about and and this and that and how it's up to us to decide what things mean. Um, But the idea of resilience and this week, what we want to look at is how 
we bounce back. Yeah. And how we persevere and how we push through and how we get through challenge and how we get back up when we fall pretty hard. Right. right? And so resilience, if, if you're not familiar with this word, I'll just give you the dictionary meaning, right? It's the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. It's toughness. It's the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape or elasticity. Now, the American Psychological Association, they define resilience as the process. That's why I really want you guys to listen to this one. The process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress. Now, isn't that life? Yeah. Isn't life like the being in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, and significant sources of stress? Right. I think all of us have experienced some of one of those things at some point in our life. How could we not, right? right. Exactly. So learning about educating yourself, talking about the topic of resilience. Right. It is a valuable conversation to engage upon. Absolutely. Because as you can see, all of us face these particular hurdles probably daily in our lives. So when you have all these different events, right? The adversity, the trauma, the tragedy, the threats, right? And they're painful and they're, and they're difficult and they're hard to get through. They don't determine the outcome of your life. Right. They might be a moment. They might be a place in time, but that is not what's going to define you. Agreed. For the rest of your life, if you so choose it, right? So there's many things in your life that you can't control, right? What other people do, but there's a lot that you can control. Absolutely. And that you can adjust and you can modify and you right. can grow with. Right. And you can reflect on and learn from. Right. And take that and bounce back. <clears throat> and not being afraid to fail while doing right? it. Right. Don't. Absolutely. And I think that's part of the process of going through that where you may fail once. Don't give up. Certainly. Keep going at it. And because when when you keep going and you become more resilient, it not only helps you get through those difficult circumstances, but it empowers you to grow and it it, it develops your skill to grow yeah. and your abilities because it's something that you can improve upon and get better at. Absolutely. I can agree with you more. So I found this cool article on um, the American Psychological Association's website on resilience. And I encourage you to just Google the word and just spend some time with it and spend some you know, there's probably a million books out there and blog posts and YouTube videos and the idea and and just the what it it's all about has so much value to so many of us. And unless you're taking a moment to actually learn about and this is what I love about what you were talking about on episode one of right, education. Right. right. We have to educate. And ourselves. that as you know, I'm. 43 years old and i feel like now i'm learning more than i've ever learned before Bro, and because i'm i'm seeking the knowledge yes i want to know about things that are going to make me better right well the one thing that we have around our house is if you're not learning something new every day you're not learning right yeah because even at 44 i'm still learning every day and i feel like i'm learning more now like you said than i did when i was younger so I want to sh share with you some of this stuff I, I read in this article on strategies to improve resilience, because I think this has value to everybody listening. OK, yep. and they have like paragraphs attached to each, each of these topics, which I didn't read. I just grabbed what they were saying. And I thought maybe we could kind of expand on what we thought that meant. Gotcha. Right. So some of these strategies to improve your resiliency. The first one they had was build your connections mm -hmm. and to prioritize relationships and to join a group or be a part of something. Wow. 
The next thing they said to do is to foster wellness. What do you think they mean by that? I think they mean just you have to develop good, healthy habits. Yes, that's it. They say you need to take care of your body, your mind, your spirit. You need to avoid negative outlets. You need to practice and be intentional about mindfulness. Yeah, and that's and, that, and again, that's a meditation. Move, right. You know, there are outlets out there and you, you have to kind of see what fits best for you. Certainly. The next thing they say to improve your resiliency is to find purpose and to help others by being proactive, move towards your goals and look for opportunities for self-discovery. Now, again, I think this is what you touched on last week with education and taking right. care of yourself. And if you prioritize your learning and, and your improvement, you're going to seek out those opportunities for for education. I, I couldn't agree with you more. And I think one thing that, <clears throat> you know, the elephant in the room, especially with people of color and women, okay. all women, is finding that purpose and having a hard time of trying to identify of what your purpose actually is. Because society has told you, as a black man, you're not supposed to be successful. Mm -hmm. As a woman, you're not supposed to have a CEO job. Right. Right. That's what society has told us. Right. So, so finding purpose sometimes is a little bit harder for us and we have to dig a little bit deeper. Right. And we have to remember that when we're going through the process of finding ourselves. The next thing they say is you need to embrace healthy thoughts. And I think this has a lot to do with the internal dialogue we have and the monologues that we and, and what we talk about in our own heads. Yeah, and I think Sean touched on that too, about like just the self-talk. Absolutely. You know, and it making the positive self-talk. You have to keep things in perspective, okay? You have to maintain a hopeful outlook. You have to learn from your past and your mistakes and reflect and find ways to grow. You have to accept change. You just have to spend some time embracing Healthy thoughts, good thoughts. If you sit there and just beat yourself up and, and want to focus on anger or frustration or anxiety or stress, that's what you're going to feel. Right. All the time. Right. So you got to choose to embrace healthy thoughts. You got to do it. One of the last things they say you need to do is to seek help and start the conversation and talk about it. And this kind of goes back to last week as well of just looking in the mirror. And this is a problem and I'm not going to put, I'm going to say men, we have a problem of looking in the mirror and again, asking for help. And I use the analogy of you're driving around with your wife and you're lost, but for this is pre cell phone. So okay. for our younger listeners, you're not going to understand this. This, But for pre-cell phones, we used to have to use landmarks and actually pull out real maps in the car and shit. Oh, I just remember when, when, when you could actually type up directions or like point an address and actually get directions and that shit print it out. Next Whoa. level. That was next level. Next level for sure. Right? And so, uh, but prior to that, there was this dynamic in the car where the man would be driving 
and he would get lost. Oh, yeah, I remember sometimes. Stressful. Stre- no, and he would be, like, mad oh. lost, like, oh, man. hitting circles. He's frustrated. The kids know he's lost. The wife know you he's lost. You ever bust out the map, the fucking fold-out giant yes. paper map? Yes, but, but what does the wife do, though? I don't know. The wife tells the husband to pull over and ask for directions. Because I don't want to do that. Come on. I'm not doing that. Because I'm not I'm seeking any help. Come on. So nice. way to bring it home right come there. Come on. We got we gotta we gotta seek help. We this is when you think about it like that, don't be afraid to ask for help. Because that's, a lot of us are running around your loss. That's what we're doing with the Hell of Years podcast. We are trying to spark conversation. We're trying to just open our minds and our thoughts and our willingness to jump into conversations on topics that, you know, maybe we wouldn't have talked about when we were younger, but it's okay to seek help. In fact, it's extra gangster if you do. We have to remember that, especially if you have children, our kids are watching us. All the time. They're watching what type of standard are we setting for our kids? Certainly. Is it okay to bury everything deep down and explode at everybody? Is it okay to get it off your chest and feel better and, and be okay with expressing yourself? And what kind of example are we are we showing our children in the next generation if we embrace resilience and look for ways to show them how we bounce back and, and model that behavior and say, you know what? You're going to make mistakes. You're going to fuck up. You're going to do things that you're going to have to, to, to crawl yeah, back right, out of. Right, exactly. But in... How do you come out of that? I'm going to show you. Right. Because I'm going to do it. Exactly. Because I'm going to seek help. I'm going to seek help, bro. Come on, man. And that's, and and again, that could be, you know, we could be answering the kind of the, the uh, age on the long question of like, you know, how do we cure gun violence, right? Like a lot of these young men are running around here just need some help. That's it. Right. And so um, it just, it just goes a long way. Seeking help is, is so crucial to opening yourself up to the next level of your development. You're not going to, to you're not going to be there until you seek the help. And you're open to it. Right. And you're receptive. And, you're, and no matter how much you think you're balling or how much you think you're doing, you're not there yet until you're able to really look in the mirror and be happy with the person that's looking back at you. And it takes peeling back some of those layers of trauma that we all have. We have a lot of stuff we're going to be jumping into this first season on the Helly Years podcast. This is the second episode. We're talking resilience. We're talking outcast. What are you doing to promote resilience within your own life, within your own circle? We invite you to learn about that word. Google it. Find a book. Talk to your homie. Seek some help. Learn about resilience and how it can be a part of your life and how you can use it as a tool and a strategy to get through shit and to come out on top and to right. be even stronger. Right. Cause it, I'm going to let them out on a little secret. What's that? It don't get no easier. It sure doesn't. You keep it locked where you got it. This is the hell of years podcast. We'll be right back. Hip hop and, and wellness right here. It's the hell of years podcast. Is that candy back there? Yeah. You want some? Yep. What do you want? Whatever. Oh shit. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. S- smell my feet. Look like you're getting hungry. Have a Snickers. Have a hot shit too. They're a little soft, oh. but they'll work. Can you hear that? Oh, it's hot in here. It's hot in the man cave because the Snickers is a little bit melty. Can you guys hear that? 
man, this Snickers is good. Because it was tasty. It makes me want to get a protein bar. I'm going to need to go get one here in a moment. It makes me want to have a salad. (laughs) Thanks for listening today. We're deep into this podcast. We're going to talk to our homie Freeze in just a little bit. First, I got finished eating this Snickers. You know one time I choked on a Snickers? Dude, fuck you. I've choked repeatedly in my grown-up life. I'm going to fucking die from choking. I'm calling it now. Uh, I don't want to say that you like the stuff too much stuff in your mouth. Fuck you. <laughs> Why did I just do that to myself? I'm trying to be honest with y'all. I used to see, listen to you, motherfucker. Listen to you. You're literally about to die. I want, well, because you told me you like to put stuff in your mouth Fuck and choke. Fuck you. Look, uh, and so- this is what I'm talking about. When I was in nursing school, it was very stressful. It's a lot of ri- lot riding on on every single exam, every single day. Right. I used to my stress level was out of this world. Never experienced it like that. And I would get these things when I was sleep called laryngospasms, where your fucking larynx just shuts down and spasms and closes. And then you wake up, <gasps> can't breathe. And then when you, <gasps> it sucks it in and tightens it more. And now you have no air. And you just have to wait it out for it to relax. 30, 45 seconds, maybe a minute. Hell no. I've never Don't even heard breathe. of this shit before. Yeah, I, I got all kinds of shit you never heard of. It sucks. Yo, if you ever had this shit, I want to hear your story about how you wake up in the morning. Like, send us a, send us a fucking email or some shit. Honestly. Because I've never heard of this. I mean, maybe it... Maybe I got the shit too. And just, I don't know. I don't know. It sucks. I'm about to ask my wife. I haven't in a while, so that's a good thing. But no. then I choked on an Eminem. Oh my fucking gosh. Dr. Bliven, shout out my my big homie, Dr. Matt Bliven, hospitalist, internal medicine at the hospital that I work at. What saved up, my Matt? life. He what did up? the Heimlich on me. But you actually, Dr. Uh, I don't know if it's Dr. Heimlich, but Heimlich doesn't want to use it anymore. So now it's just the move. Hey, he did the move on you. And so, Doc. Just- and he almost broke my ribs. Dude. He was bam, God. lifting me up in the air because he's a tall dude. He's like 6'3. Maybe. Well, Doc, you may have to watch out for this guy. Yeah. He has MMs all in his damn candy bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Should put a picture of the, the candy ball up on the, oh, on the blog. Oh, you have to because it's full of fucking MMs, y'all. You guys would never. It's for my guests. It's, I don't even. He's a damn lie. He knows right. he's in there eating a shit. ZachWoodruff.com. I'll put a picture of the MMs up. ZachWoodruff.com. It's the Hell of Years podcast. Uh, a couple shout outs we want to give. Just thanks to everybody who checked out episode one. Yeah. You know, a lot of love. People in countries I don't even know anybody in sending some love. Romania. That's great. You know what I'm saying? Peru. What? Shout out Peru. Shout if you're out there in Peru, what it do with you? We fucking with you. Uh, we fucking with you, Peru. <laughs> <laughs> but so many friends of mine from back in the day in high school and our radio stations yeah, and at dope. the hospital and, and in my family and in your family and our circles. It's just been fantastic. Yeah. Thanks for all the love. Appreciate the love. Want to shout out my wife. Today's our 17-year anniversary. Happy anniversary again. Thank you so much. What a blessing. What a joy. It's been an exciting 17, and we got so many more to do. And I'm excited to share some of those adventures on the podcast. So, and, and what, A quick shout out to my wife, although it's not our anniversary. So what? I just want to make sure that my wife knows that she gets a shout out too. Absolutely. Our kids, you know. You know who else I want to shout out? Who talked to me? Oh, so fresh. Big shout out to Oh So Fresh. And the host with no name. The host with no name. So the Hype Podcast is a podcast that's been going on in Portland since like the end of 2014, it looks like. Well, damn. And I didn't even fucking know, because honestly, I'm going to be honest with you guys. 
I didn't even know a shit thing about podcasts till last year. <laughs> I didn't even know what they what it what is that? I never ever listened to one, right? I just had to tell my mom yesterday what a podcast was. Right? Like she's never ever listened to one. She right? So I didn't I didn't really know. Right. And it's not that I wasn't trying to be respectful of what the homies had going on. I just wasn't paying attention. I'm oh working at the hospital. Right. I don't fucking know. No fucking, love lost. Fucking saving lives. Absolutely. But man, these guys been doing a podcast for hell of years. And it's fantastic. And it's hilarious. And they've got great, great insight. And it's comedic. And they talk shit. And it's very cool. And I just wanted to shout out the podcast, the hype podcast. Y'all should check that out. Big shout out, Oso. Shout out, Oso. So... We really do appreciate the support and the listens. So again, tell somebody, spread the word. We're just going to talk shit. We're going to talk hip hop. We're going to talk wellness. And we're just going to try to engage in conversation that is interesting, educational, and entertaining. Exactly. Hip hop and wellness. You're in the right spot. It's the Hell Years Podcast. It is going down right now. My name is Zach Woodruff. Thank you for tuning into the Hell of Years podcast. We are going to check in with our brother, our family. We got Hell of Years of History with this guy right here. His name is Freeze, and I'm wondering where you're at, bro. I am uh, I am in Covington, Georgia, just outside of uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, shit. What? What are you yeah, doing? My, what what my, are you doing in the A-Town? Wilding out. This 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 is my first time, bro. This is my first time ever in Atlanta, and uh, yeah, they're doing uh, shooting season eighteen a while and out right now. We're gonna be wrapping up in probably on Sunday, I believe, oh, and then uh, it's dope. It's I mean, they're shooting three episodes a day. It's kind of wild how how much shit they get done. That's crazy. Hey, do you like the pencil building? Isn't that crazy? What the hell is the pencil the building? There's a building downtown that Atlanta that's-, that's like, it looks like a fucking pencil. I don't know. I yeah. Th- th- is that the one that I was talking about that said, uh, that I posted and I said it looked like it had a hat on? Yeah. It's like nice pointy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. It's weird though. Cause it's like, it's weird. Cause it's like a, a full building. And then that whole top pointy part yeah. is like yeah. structure. It's not yeah. really building. Right. Exactly. I'm like, the I'm like, this is like a building wearing a hat. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck Weird. y'all are talking about right now, but it's cool, man. <laughs> we're talking buildings. It's a great thing. Hey, so uh, we're doing a little podcast, man, and it's yeah, fucking great to hear from you. And uh, yes. man, just, just it just feels fun to just talk some shit and see what's going on. So what what do you got going on, man? What's the freezer been up to, talk man? Talk to us. Talk to us. Uh. uh there's a lot going on, bro. I mean, uh, I don't know the last time we really, we really chopped it up, but I mean, there's a lot of people listening right now who probably don't know what the hell I've been doing since Portland, Oregon, since, uh, jam 95, five. So long, long story short, I, I flew out to back to Sacramento, uh, did radio in Sacramento, kind of stayed in Sacramento to, uh, stay near my daughter. Um, and did that until she was basically 18. And then I was like, yo, I'm ready to go find a job and, and like really try to see what's out there beyond Sacramento. And, um, really what happened is I ended up, uh, getting fired at, uh, one Oh three, five, uh, got a raise. And then the very next year got fired. And, 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 and that was kind of like the 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 thing for me was like that was the sign like radio is shrinking, right. you know the 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 jobs are are are, are 
the, not just jobs, but the budgets are shrinking. It's just not a, a sustainable career path. Well, let's just re- uh, rewind right there because when you say you get fired, I think a lot of people that it's not like a traditional job where if you yeah. like you had to fuck up to get fired in radio, they will right, just right. eliminate your yeah, your position, position and yeah. your show and your production director and your street team and you're just and now it's three people what used to be twelve. Right. Right. Well, let's 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 be honest about it. Like I said, I kind of threw it in there, but the the, the real deal is that I was hired there in what was two thousand. 17 or 16 and consistently number one killing it in the ratings uh and it got to the point where i was like yo i need more money you know what i'm saying i like i, I want more money and the, the, the discussion was well give us until this time give us till this time then that time came i got a, a slight bump nothing to write home about and then a year after that they canned me and then six months after that they canned the entire station so the whole the, the whole thing, you know, budget wise was fucked. Wow. So it that but but that's radio, you know yeah. what I'm saying? That's really radio. And so really that was that was a, a, a moment of perspective for me and I kinda just like was like, yo, I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not messing with that no more. So I started grabbing uh artists that I knew that I had developed relationships with in Sacramento um and started trying to you know push them through the connections that i have in la and through the music connections that i have um in new york and kind of just trying to carve a new path and do but still doing something i was passionate about and um about a year into doing that um a dude who actually was working at 1025 um after i left 1025 he covered nights after i went to portland he calls me up and he's like, yo, um, have you ever thought about getting back into radio? I was like, fuck no. And he was like, well, what, what about, um, if it was off air? And I'm like, well, what, what are you talking about? And he said, that, you know, you, you can, you can, uh, I got a pr- pr- position to, uh, produce Nick Cannon's syndicated radio show. Right. And I was like, and I was like, all right, well, that's not what I expected. So I, I sat on it and I was like, all right, that's something, you know, when I thought about it, I'm like, at least I'm on the side of things where I'm taking jobs. I'm not, you know, having my job taken. So, um, so I went in and I, and I interviewed and landed the job and moved to LA and was in LA and, you know, all hell broke loose with Nick and his podcast and all kinds of controversy. And I was there. Yeah. I was there. I was there riding with Nick through that, through all that shit and um it was really honestly like still like and, and for like you both know my trajectory of my career and it was really kind of crazy to be going through all that madness that nick was going through and it's almost like those moments where you're like oh this is like this is why i went through what i went through yeah, like right. it, it battle tested me right so that when when i was going through that with nick you know i wasn't shook you know i was steady and um and we and we powered through it and now you know fast forward to what is three year three i think yeah and um we landed a station for nick in in new york we got power 106 in la um a bunch of stations across the country and then um you know i'm out here this is the second season that i've been on set for while and out so what are you actually doing uh, on the while and out set are you like like 
powdering and rubbing bu- uh, like baby oil on like the wild and out girls butt cheeks <laughs> or something like like what are you actually doing because i like i i'm kind of curious because i always see you behind like if you follow freeze shout out your social media when we're done but when you, if you follow freeze on social media he's always like backstage and shit yeah man he's in like, the places Chris, you want right, to be man exactly and so i'm like, like it, there's, this is gonna be a hamilton reference right here i don't know if you guys are up on hamilton but you're in the room where it happens essentially yes, yes. you know and so i i know yeah. freeze i know he has a little little travel size little thing of baby oil in his pocket and he's <laughs> running around like oh like there's baby oil on your on your toe let me get that for you let me let me say this right now i have no idea where filet is getting this baby oil shit. yeah i don't even <laughs> but, either bro but, that's that's all filet that ain't me man that's not bozilla on that one <laughs> that <ain't me> either. <laughs> um you're projecting filet you're projecting um but no the, the, like the, the reality is and the dope part about this whole situation for me is that you know because i went through what i went through with him and, and you know when he went through what he went through with the podcast and everything there was a lot not just companies but like a lot of people kind of like alienated him. Right. And so there, there, there was a moment there where, you know, there was almost a year there where it was really he and I doing radio and he didn't know, you know, what was going to come back, whether or not, right. You know, wow. And I was going to come back MTV, Viacom, all these different issues. And so, um, yeah, it, it just, it just kind of became this thing where, where, you know, he and I just kept working through it all. And now, really the dope thing about this position and what I'm doing is that essentially I'm here tending to what, uh, Nick needs, you know, as far as radio is concerned, but I'm also able to roam. Like I'm right. free to, free to, free to move. I can, I can go sit down with talent and just have conversations. And then, you know, my network is, there's no, there's no limitations to where I can go. You know so what I mean? So when you say that no limitation yeah. where you can go, where are you guys like, what's the goals for the radio show? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like any syndicated company or, or, or show, you know, it's to be on as many stations as possible uh, nationwide. And, um, you know, landing New York was a big deal, especially having had LA, you know, getting the big, it, really it's a, it's a game of big dogs. You get the big, big cities and then and the little cities follows. tend to, yeah, they, they they tend to be like, oh, okay, now now I'll give it a listen. But um, you know, it, it's it's different because the company that I work for isn't a broadcaster, so it's not like Odyssey or uh, iHeartRadio where they have you know hundreds of radio stations and they sign a, a talent to a, a syndication deal and they instantly put them on a hundred stations. It's it's literally. You know, we are working the phones and cr- knocking on doors yeah. and, and and sending demos and shipping and, and, and working for what we get. So oh, that's fresh. Um, yeah, that's 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 really what's dope about, you know, landing, especially like the station in, in, in New York, the Odyssey station. You know, that's a, that's obviously a company. So there's there's, um, you know, there's a lot of share profit sharing and different on the back end or whatever, but it's really, it's really a, um, a company and, and, and a move, a power move where we're trying to keep it. So Nick gets to keep all of his assets. You know, he's not, he's not signing it over to fucking iHeart or whoever. He owns everything he does and, and the profits go into his pocket rather than, you know, into the, 
the big dog's pocket. Right. Well, if I if I can make a suggestion <laughs> out there, freeze for something that yeah. he may want if it, if to. It, if it is, if it involves. If it is, if it involves baby oil, I don't want <laughs> right. to do with it. No, yeah. it's no baby oil in this one. <laughs> what is right? it? But it does involve babies. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Where the fuck are we going with this one, bro? I'm just saying, Maury Povich is retiring this year. Is he? Yes. And I think, like, Nick, like, you know, a situation, babies, you know. Oh, you're hilarious. Rap, you're wrapping you're it hilarious. Up. Like, how, how, like... Hey, like monumental with this beat. You saw that if vending fucking, machine, right? You saw if, you you saw that in in if, person, right? Please, if, if fucking Nick, yeah, Cannon yeah, for sure, told I was you there. You weren't the yeah, dad. Yeah. How fucking crazy God would damn that it. be? God damn it, for life. Fuck, like he's the dad, bro. <laughs> this would be crazy. It would be crazy. Nick this guy. Yeah, no, it. I, it, that's a great idea, Filet, but you know, Nick, <laughs> Nick, 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 Nick is that's part of this this whole journey too. That's been dope is watching Nick grow and like transition from. You know, his belief system, which, you know, led to some reckless uh, decision making that involved other people, you know, whether or not he was okay with fathering many children or not, you know, having to deal with the repercussions if if the women changed their minds or, you you know, and and so he's gone through this this transition. You know, he's got two therapists. He goes, he openly talks about going to therapy. And um, it's been really dope to watch him embrace the transition of logic and, 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 and his approach to everything, um, to be, you know, frankly, to be considerate of other people because, you know, for the longest he's been gifted and blessed with so much money and so much, um, fame at at a young age that he never really had to look at what his decisions were doing to, the people around him or even to him, you know, and well, freeze. I'm going to throw a real, cur- not even a curveball to you. I'm going to throw a, cu- a caveat to that. All right. As a, caveat first. Fuck no. Yeah, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it starts with a C. I can tell you that much. Yeah. But so a caveat to this is that as a young black man, Right, because I think I'm not black boy. Yeah, I know, I know, but I want you to understand something that I I don't think it necessarily has to do like with the fame. Because I went through the same type of like transition of like having to not be selfish and and being more grateful. And I think as more like, and I'm sorry to alienate you guys. Thanks, man. Um, (laughs) yeah, but but you guys are fucking white. You're white chocolate. Okay. Your white chocolate. Your white chocolate. But we are privileged. And still yes, delicious. Yes, so, you know. Yes. And, but you still get the There's a time and place, you know, right? for every every flavor. I hate right? white chocolate. But God, okay. damn God damn it. <laughs> uh, but anyhow, it's just, uh, you know, I think growing up um, and no matter how much money you have, it's very important to understand that that is something that a lot of young black people of color whatever politically correct thing that you want to say may be dealing with and, and has to deal with uh, is, is kind of looking themselves in the mirror, which is very hard to do. So, yeah. 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 No, it's, it's been a, it's been a, um, like I said, it, it's been, it's been a really uh, fulfilling three years on many different levels. I mean, I've gone through my own shit where, you know, I'm, I'm now sober, you know, I'm not smoking weed anymore. Like I, I've, I've transitioned a lot of things in my life to get healthier 
and to watch somebody at Nick's level and magnitude, you know, uh, fame wise and, and, and money wise, it's, it's kind of therapeutic for somebody like me to be able to do what I'm doing and realize that no matter what stage you are in life, you know, you got demons, you got to tackle them, you know, you got to address them and you got to deal with them. And, um, so there's just been a lot of, you know, I've been inspired by Nick and I know that, um, you know, he and I have, have had conversations and, and, and grown and, 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 you know, had our little mini therapy sessions and whatnot. And it's just really dope to see him transitioning through all the obstacles of life and, and, uh, and being a part of it and, and being here up close to see it. And, and at the same time, you know, finding myself on set for while and out and shit that I never even imagined being a part of, you know, three years ago. Dope. Well, I just want to say, dude, and you recognizing that in Nick, man, I just want to acknowledge and recognize that in you, yeah. my brother. Like like seeing yeah, just the um, the challenges that, that have come your way throughout your 25-plus year uh, radio career. Um, even yeah. I mean, you're approaching 30 years in the game and yeah. the ups, the downs. And, and you know, two the two topics this episode that we're going to talk outcast in just a minute because right, I right. know you so, got an outcast story and that's that's a huge part of your love of hip hop. But outcast and resilience and just uh-huh. the, the topic of resilience and which is I'm going to read a dictionary uh, definition, the capacity to recover from difficulties and and toughness and the ability of a substance or object to spring back into shape elasticity it's about like we get knocked down or we we face challenge or we get let go or we we have some setbacks or we make some silly decisions whatever it is you know what i mean and then and then we find a way and and i i would invite you just to speak on that the idea of resilience and how you've used that throughout your career to continue to push forward you know you personally yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I don't want to say, I, I feel like pride is a sin in, in many ways, but I feel like also it can be used as a motivator. And, and with everything that I went through when I went to jail in 2010, um, you know, my divorce, you know, I had a lot of things where in my twenties to early thirties trajectory of my career, my life was consistently going upward. And, it was relatively easy, um, you know, whether or not, you know, it, wh- whether it was just me put naturally being good on the radio or, you know, naturally being charming, whatever it was, it came to me really easily. And uh, starting with my divorce, you know, I started to do things that were self-destructive and um, uh, drug abuse, you know, fizzing, uh, you know, uh, spawned into cocaine use and, and just a lot of different things that I was medicating. And, um, when I ended up in jail, it really was one of those things like where I, I realized like, okay, I've finally, this is the rock bottom right. that everybody talks right. about. Right. Rock right. bottom. Right. Rock I've, bottom's I've lost, real. Yeah. I've lost everything that everybody knows that I was, that I had accomplished in my career. And I was being told that the only job I'd be able to get when I got out was, you know, working at a warehouse. And, um, you know, I had a permanent, I have, I still have it. I still have a permanent felony strike offense on my record. Um, you know, but when I got out, it was really like one of those things. It was, you let 
other people and let your story define you or, or do you let you let things that happen in your life define you and people define you or do you fight and use you know what the, the skills that you have and the ability that you have and that is a few people that do still believe in you you know all your network your loved ones do you do you lean on them to get into position to fight back and and be resilient and that's really essentially what i did is like you know, there's, there's people that I called the, the, all three of us know at a high, high level. And, and a lot of them were like, dude, you're tripping. Like you might want to get into country radio or, you know, go send a demo into, um, you know, rock music or, or something along those lines. And, and, and I just did everything that I could to be grateful for every opportunity that I was given after everything that I went through. And, um, you know, the talent was obviously, like I said, I, I effortlessly got to where I was by the time that, you know, I was in Portland, Oregon and whatnot. Now I was using the effort and I was, um, you know, focused and, and, and grateful. And I think being grateful is a really big part of being resilient because no matter what you go through, if you're grateful for what you lessons and blessings, I think we talked about that before zilla yeah we were texting you know, about that i love that expand on that just a little bit that lessons and blessings what do you mean yeah anything you go through a lot of people are like oh that's a fucked up situation or you know that's a loss or that's an l or whatever and for me it's like nah there's there's lessons you, you learn a lesson from something or there's the the, the the blessing which is an obvious win an obvious w or whatever there's never there's never a loss you know if you really frame it like that that's really what I did starting with, um, you know, everything in my life. Like I've looked at it, like it was a lesson, my uh, arrest, that was a lesson. And, and ultimately every lesson you go through turn, you can turn into a blessing if you keep working and you keep, you know, focused and, and keep your priorities straight. And, um, essentially that's just what I did. I just stayed consistent with that. And, uh, you know, remain grateful at every opportunity that I got. I worked in Yuba city for almost three years, you know, for $13 an hour, but it was all part of my belief in myself, my, my belief in my resilience. And the fact that if I put in the work and, and put in the effort, you know, I still had people who knew and loved me in powerful positions who would look at me again and give me an opportunity again. And, um, and essentially that's what I did. I just kept working and kept, uh, staying focused and, and, and grinding at what I, what I loved and what I was good at. And, um, and here I am now and it's kind of wild because it's like, you know, I've never, even in radio, even when I was winning, I think Portland, Oregon might've been the most money I was making on a salary in radio. And, um, and now I'm making more than, than any of that. And, you know, I'm having more fun and I'm, I'm happier and, you know, and I'm, and I'm completely sober. <laughs> How about that? There you go, man. It's, you got 500, 500 days and some change, right? Uh, five. Yeah. I don't even keep count. I, I tend to, I tend to do the calculator thing just to figure it out so I can post it to inspire people. I don't actually uh, count every day, but yeah, it's five, it's over 500. Well done, man. Good well shit, done. Freezer. So let's talk a little bit about Outcast then, because I don't, I don't, 
I don't really remember the first time we talked about Outcast. I remember when I first met you and came into the radio station and you were there at night doing your your overnight show and I just was like, man. But that's, that was in Sacramento. I know, at KB and B and I was like, man, this is he's a cool dude. And you showed love and that was just it was fantastic from them. But I feel like you were always an Outcast fan and you spoke on them and you shared their music. And I'm just curious if if you had to reflect on your thoughts on Outcast and like where they sit for you, where would that be? Yeah, um, Ebro was the first person to hit me to uh, Outcast back in '95, I think, when uh, I used to drive him for K- at 1025. He used to do the street hits every night, do the, the live hot eight at eight um, on a street corner or whatever. So I would drive him, and he was slapping, uh, he was slapping AP Aliens, and that's when I fell in love with him was listening to that album. And, uh, and essentially like, I mean, to this day, I, I wish they were still fucking producing music, but um, you know, it, it just, it just struck me as something different because it was real storytelling. There was real right. thought. There was real political statements. There was real uh, perspective other than, you know, just the street story or just the, the love story or, you know what I mean? It was just, there was just a, a real depth and a real, a lot of layers to what they were, what, what they were saying, the mu- the musicality of it, you know, how many instruments they used, um, all of that. And so that first year, I think I went to see them in San Francisco and I saw them and, uh, you know, their live show was fucking phenomenal. They had like, yeah, different instruments from different countries on, on stage and shit. Like it was just wild. Yeah. And so, and, and the whole, and the whole show was like a remix of, of the album. Right, right. So I fell in love with them, you know, big time and continued to, to, to love them and shit. And then, uh, when I was doing nights at KSFM, uh, they, they, they were on tour for the Aquemini album and they were doing a promo tour and they came to the station and I got to interview them. And, and uh, that was one of those things like, it was really early in my career, but it was crazy because like, that's one of those things. Like, even if I hadn't met, met them and interviewed them to this day, I'd, I'd still wish I had. You right. know? And, uh, and, uh, and I got it early on in the career and sat down with them and had a talk with fucking big boy and Andre and, um, had them call my homeboy and leave a voicemail for him. Cause I couldn't believe it. I was talking to him and, uh, <laughs> um, and classic. Yeah, so that's classic. That was just one of those moments where, where, where you know, I, I kind of felt like I had hit a uh, a goal, of, a, a, a lifetime goal, really early, early in my career. That's and dope. Um, yeah, so that was great. But honestly, as far as my favorite album of theirs, like everybody loves AT Aliens. Everybody says that, but the reality is, is like, AT Aliens is the album that got me hooked on them. But the, the album that, that to this day I feel. Let me guess. Let amazing. me let me guess. Go ahead. Can I guess? Can I guess? Yeah, yeah. Stink on you. Nope. Oh shit. Aquemini. Okay. Okay. Aquemini. Aquemini okay. to me is is sonically like instruments, the 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 the, the singing, the storytelling, the skit. Like Aquemini to me, you know, on an audible level. It's just it's flawless to me, and, and 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 I can listen to it front to back. I you know when I when I was living in L.A., I drive around, I could listen to that thing all the way up and down 
Pacific Coast Highway down Sunset Boulevard, back through Woodland Hills, and just have it on repeat. And, uh, yeah, Clement I is my favorite Outcast album. That's sure. crazy. Well, you know, and that's, you know, I love having this conversation because, you know, everyone has their own kind of like little outcast, little perspective, right? Right. And, right. you know, Freeze likes Equipment Eye because he's like, you think I would say AT Aliens? I thought you were going to. Me too, because <laughs> guess, you want to know why? 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 You tell me why. Well, AT Aliens is my favorite album. Yeah, AT Aliens is my favorite album. I'm too. just saying. Yeah, so, it's my number so, one. So yeah, <laughs> but 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 there's and and it's crazy because well, watch because Freeze got a couple years on us. But, but oh, I got meeting out. Uh, what am I eating here? Something healthy, probably some. Yeah, I'm on my health kick, y'all. Y'all better wash the fuck out. Go fucking boot Joe fucking oh. in shape. Jenkins is, is on oh. his way back. Oh shit! <laughs> no, it's a chocolate chip cookie though from protein bar from Costco. <laughs> I love Costco. <laughs> but watch, though. 1996, AT Aliens, we were seniors. We graduated right, high school. Right. Freeze, when did you graduate high yes. school? I graduated in 94. See? It makes a lot of sense. So a couple exactly. years before that was when he was a senior and feeling himself. Right. So AT Aliens might not have been as relevant because it wasn't the biggest hey, year of your life. High school, high school was more of a... In high school, I was listening to Spice One. Um, what else was I was listening 187 to Proof. Oh, man. Jealous uh, got me yeah. strapped. That song with Method Man or that song with Pac? Oh, bro. Hell of dope. None. Um, yeah, like I was more on Hold that. Hold on. on. Did that. you just say Second to None? Yes. Hell yeah. Remember Second gangster. to None, dude? You fuck with Quick? Gangster. Yeah. Hey. Yeah, there, there was a lot of West Coast shit that I, I was heavy on that West Coast uh, hip hop in high school. Well, do you think so? I think that Outkast, right? Freeze. It, mm -hmm. We grew up on like West Coast music, right? Mm -hmm. And we've been talking to a few cats and and come to find out, you know, outcasts in the early years, some of their influences were actually like Bay Area artists. And then, when yeah. you, and then you think about like that instant connection you have with them when you heard their music, even when you heard like uh Southern player, listen, kind of like music. When you first yeah. heard that song, there was a media like boop, just like you heard like a new 40 song or yeah. new or new second to none song. It's just like it, it caught your if ear. You felt it right away. You could feel it immediately. Yeah. Immediately. And I, I've, I've seen some, some documentaries that kind of break down the reasoning for that or the, the, the theory behind that. And a lot of it is, um, you know, that it, it, it's geographical and it's pretty simple. It's like, you know, they're in the middle somewhat. I mean, Atlanta's more East, but it's, they're in the middle of, California and New York. So they've got, if you listen to their music, a lot of it, it sounds like California beats with East coast lyrics or flow. Um, and, and it's, it's just an interesting combination, you know, mixed up of different styles that Georgia and Atlanta, you know, that they're, they're geographically in this place where they're like, Oh, I like this. And I like that. And they don't have to like claim it. You know what I mean? I think so, so much of anything People get so hard about claiming things. You know, we, we were talking about that on, on the set the other day about people in New York will never say that New York's whack. And and, and it, 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 even though they know it's shitty traffic, it's shitty commuting, any of that, they will never, ever accept that something else is better. 
in, in any way, shape, or form. And I, and I get it, and I'm cool with that, but the reality is is that the best shit comes when you're like, oh, I like this, and I like this. I want to put it together and make this. Instead of, you know, I like this, I'm just going to stay over here, you know, listening and repping the East Coast and fuck the West Coast or whatever. It's like there's no growth in that. There's no expansion in that and the best the best uh, recipes are always made with the best ingredients so you know taking a little bit of everything that's why I, I think that's why Atlanta has done so well is because sonically they're kind of a, a, a jambalaya of the good shit which makes sense though right yeah you think about which it which created their own lane and their own sound yeah right you know what I mean essentially because there's yep. you know the and, and we were discussing with uh, my boy Sean Kennedy, how essentially the way organized noise produced Outcast and used him as an instrument, right? Because we're like, who else can rap over Outcast beats, Freeze? Right. Who right. else? Nobody can. I mean, yeah. Like, if you if you start naming names, you're 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 naming names like. Uh, you know, you're, you're naming names from fucking Goody Mob, which is the same fucking camp. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. Right? right? Dungeon family. Right. 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 You're not hearing Jay rap over some shit, over a Hey Ya beat. I mean. Right. I'm still chewing on this fucking protein bar, man. It's no, you, know, you, you are t- <laughs> Fuck. I, was gonna I think say, that's the thing. Uh, they keep you chewing it so long that you lose weight because you've been chewing <laughs> yeah, it for dude. so long. No, Damn. You think, it, you think it's because is- of the fiber. You think it's because of the fiber? It's because you've been chewing fucking your jaws and working for <laughs> This shit is science food, Freeze bro. I this call this fool. science food, man. This fool is over here chewing his ass off. <laughs> Looking like a cow. <laughs> I mean, I see his jaw. Like, when you know, when you see somebody <laughs> chewing gum hella hard, like, <laughs> that's Brute eating this fucking protein bar right now. He puts um, you on mute and then his fucking hey, jaws just go fucking but chop, chop. I'm Because I'm about to get Invisalign, y'all. So, like, I think next week or the week after my I get my first set. And so I'm, I'm not going to be eating these. I'm just going to be drinking. Drink a you're boost. acting like you're eating candy or something. It's a fucking fiber bar, bro. <laughs> yeah. No, but it's but it's cookie dough. Freeze. It does. It, it, it's not bad though. It you know? don't taste nothing like cookie dough. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And it's gonna make them dookie real bad. You know what? <laughs> I mean, this is a wellness show. We can start talking bowel movements, but we can pause and we can we can hold that for another episode. No pun intended. Y'all know I'm a fucking nurse, and you don't understand half of your job as a nurse is just dealing with people shitting, man. That's just what it is. No, I do do know you're a nurse because I've got a (laughs) half a tattoo on me that tells me you quit tattooing about uh, (laughs) 10 years ago. Oh, damn. (laughs) You got me. I'm kidding. I got... I got a I got a tattoo artist. Yeah, you got somebody. Man, your shit looks great now, man. You got all kinds of great art. No, no, I always finished. thought about that though. If I didn't have that guy, I'd have this half-ass tattoo on my arm. Yeah, you would. You would. You had a start. <laughs> Sob. You had a start. That's all good. It was fun. The L.A. Look cool. a, that's the one chapter that Booth leaves out of his story. His his journey down tattoo artist. No, he yeah. can't though because I have one on my arm. And yeah. I'm sorry, Freeze. Mine's is filled in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you stayed in Portland. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's true. what it is. That's, that's true. right. That's true. You motherfuckers. We did tattoo me over Thanksgiving dinner. Just saying. No, I didn't. Did I? Yes, we came out here and you tattooed. Well, maybe I'm just kidding. 
That doesn't surprise oh, me. Oh, I don't. It's okay. That was a long time ago. It, well, yeah. it was a while. But I did. Fuck y'all. I did get licensed, though. I had did. a little spot, no. and I was licensed no. in the state of Oregon, so I did what well, you were supposed to do. Well, fuck that. You can draw. Like, I can draw though. Like, you it's know. Well, the protein part, bar. Let's be honest. I, I, I say I, I made the joke <laughs> that I should have stayed in Portland. Yeah. And that's not the reality. The reality is, Zilla, you moved to California. That's correct. Started my tattoo and then fucking bounced. This that's is, what happened. That is an accurate statement. Now, now that's fine. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> but <laughs> you're taking the blame for it for leaving Portland. I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, no, hold on. Moved out to Cali. Let's get very truthful. And but you know what? You got good artists that you rock with now. You got all kinds of ink now, man. You Did not know that part. No, I'm good. I'm good. I'm just. I, I, I haven't given you shit about it, so I'm trying to take it. Yeah, let's do it. Let so let's do it publicly. You know. All right. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. Hey. My life has been public, bro. I don't yeah, want to hear you crying about your shit being public, all right? Ain't Everybody that, knows my life. Ain't that the truth, man? <laughs> well, well the, rea- then, the Freeze reality show. How about fucking equipment I the album? You know, but you know what make what this just makes me realize, man, is it's just damn fucking good to hear it's good to hear you. It's good to hear Thank your you, thoughts brother. and your opinions and your oh insight and your wisdom. And that is Thank you, brother. Bro, so, sorry, Freeze. Sorry. I, I know you've been sober, right? Yeah. Um, I was doing some medicine right now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I just, 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 for, just for everybody listening, I'm not some preacher. Like, I, I, you know, I, he's I, not. He's definitely not. The devil's medicine. <laughs> he's definitely not. <laughs> it's medicine. It's back injury shit, you know, type of shit. Bacterium and, you know, all. Yeah. Right, I, need right. medicine. I need medicine. Yeah. Right. You need medicine. But I just, right. I just perm my eyeball, right? With the lighter, trying to, trying to hit my medicine. And so. That but, sounds like a hazard. But then it made me think about this one time. When I first met Zachary. Oh, shit. We were trying to hang out as young college students. <laughs> and we were playing a game with the lighter that we've seen others doing. And the game was, how long could you, you know, basically it was like a trick. Like you wasn't paying attention and you just put the lighter like under somebody's chin. Oh, I remember this fucking story. <laughs> Fuck this story. So you put the lighter underneath somebody's chin, right? So uh, we're just hanging, and we're all just shooting the shit. You know, what are we doing tonight? So the whole time, for about probably about approximately like, I would say approximately 37 seconds, Uh I had this lighter, and it was underneath Boots' chin. And he didn't know. I'm notice. so confused by the the, the logistics. Of this. <laughs> yeah, and the connection. Like, <laughs> well, just, just, well, just because I burnt my Play eyeball. Eye. Oh, because you burnt your eyeball. <laughs> I burnt my eyeball. And the pain that you felt up on your face. Yes, and I'm oh. looking at you, and I remembered that I burnt your chin here. Yeah, and, and the grow. pain that I felt. Yes, on my chin. Yeah, and it in a circle that it burnt. Yeah, that was yes. that was also cool. Yes. So, yes. How long anybody ago? else got cool stories? About <laughs> yeah, those you know. What else? what else are we talking about? <laughs> yes, all right. Oh, is our guest, but we're gonna be roasting <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. I just looked at him and I was like, damn, I burnt my eyeball. Yeah, I remember did. that. And so I Well, just- enjoy your medicine. I'm gonna enjoy this delicious emerging sunshine block fifteen. It's a it's a fantastic brewery. But you know, I do I I you know what else I appreciate about your um 
journey with sobriety is that you know yeah. it comes from a place where that's what that's what you're rocking and it's what you need and what you want to do and it's what you choose to do and it's fantastic and and there's understanding and consideration for those i think for some it's you know cannabis can be great medicine for some i enjoy Absolutely. a beer here and there Absolutely. but it's understanding how to do how to do those things in moderation in, 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 yeah. in, in a way that's respectful of the people around you and yourself and your family, you know? Yep. Yes. And, and, and to be honest with you, you know, like I said, like I have no problems with like, you know, I'm on the wild and out bus and they're fucking smoking right, right next to me. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. it's, it's not a, it's not a, 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 tab a taboo thing to me. It's just literally like, I realized when I really st stood, you know, I had a medical emergency. I didn't even talk about that. I had a medical emergency. Um, you know, a year and a half ago, and was forced to stop Fucking smoking crazy. And, right. and, and everything. And so, when I came out of that, I was like, "Oh, this is the first time I've really been clean and sober, fucking since I was eighteen, nineteen years old." And so, when I really reflect on that, it really is like you know, an eighteen or nineteen year old medicating and getting into an industry and never really having to look at whether or not I wanted to or whether or not it was doing me any good. And, you know, essentially, long long story short is I just, you know, I got that chance to break and, and, and get sober. And I was like, no, nah, like, I do miss who I was without it. Like, it, it's, it's kind of funny. People say that uh, this is the new high or this is the new whatever. And, and literally, after 28 years of smoking weed and, drinking and all that other shit you know i'm 46 years old and it's really fucking kind of dope to be living life in a whole different way you know and 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 it's no judgment on anybody else it's just like yo 28 years of doing anything is going to get kind of fucking boring <laughs> yeah <laughs> even if well, it's getting high and getting drunk <laughs> that's true and well, you have to the one thing about myself is is that i've learned to use this as medicine and you know, and we'll get into this in later things about some of the journey I've been on personally. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, like I, I literally, I, I use it for medicine. I have a fucked up back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Bro, yeah. I'd, I've been there where you can't even get off the couch, where you can't even move yeah. for yeah. days. Yeah. Like you're just yeah, fucking it's got, it's got, paralyzed. It's got legitimate, it's got legitimate uses and in, in, in purposes in, in, in the world. You know, yeah. it, it definitely does. Yeah. For me, I just, it, 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 I wasn't using it for any of those reasons. Well, and to be honest with you, it, it, you know, I have an addictive personality <laughs> and what it was, that was, that was the first thing. And then like, you know, me getting stoned, it, it was just one step closer to, to everything else that, that, right. that I would try or, or do. And I just didn't have anybody or any reason to stop. You know, I was constantly um, in situations where drinks were free, you know, <laughs> all the time, free, right? Hosting nightclubs, industry shit, life. parties. Industry yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and I was doing that at age, you know, I was in nightclubs when I was 17 for radio stations. So I just never had any kind of real uh, parameter and, and, and real clear uh, approach to any of it. So, that combined it with, with having a, an addictive personality, it was just a bad combination. And I'm just grateful that, to be honest with you, I'm grateful I'm alive. And, and I'm grateful that my career is, is where it's at and that I was able to uh, bend the corner and, and, and keep it moving. But there's absolutely no judgment. <laughs> 
drugs anybody drinking or smoking for medical reasons or any of that shit like it's just not it's just literally it took me 28 years to be like yo that's just not for you bro word you know what i you know what i love about this right here it's just that i feel like we're all at the point in our lives and just in our journeys and just how many trips around the sun it's been like that yeah. it's okay to talk about these yeah, things, and it's absolutely. so, and it's a, a safe place and a cool place to just share like right. our thoughts on those. Right. When I don't know if we were having those kind of conversations no. in our twenties, no and way. recognizing that, and understanding no the way. value in, in sharing those perspectives and how we can learn from well, each other and help each other. Well, it's just helping each other grow. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's like, it's like freeze. Like, hold on, freeze. Let me just tell you, and I know Boots feels the same way. You're like, bro, I am so proud of you. Hell yeah. Thank you, bro. I am so you. proud of you because, Freeze, I've known you for a very long time. And I've known your journey and I know what you've gone through. And I'm just very proud of you of to what you are today in the now, right? Yes. Because right now you are so living in your now. Like, yeah. it's dope. And so I just want to let you know that I'm giving you your flowers, right? Because I, I, I appreciate it, brother. I, I was looking at like old pictures of you like that I have from when we were at the bomb before we knew boots. And it was just yeah. it was just random shit, you know. You mix. hear that, boots? You ain't shit. I know. Again, God damn, <laughs> God damn. We, we I did. I, well, in all fairness, I came in God year damn. two, so I missed. Yes. I missed the first 10, 11 months. God damn, we are roasting them. Fuck. So that's cool. And so, and it's like, but but I but you even look different. And so I just want to let you know, like, super proud of you. Super proud of what you are right now. What you've been through, Thank you, brother. Like, Thank you. Everything like your daughter's beautiful. Like I just, I love everything about your journey right now, Freeze, because you are a true testimony of someone like kind of like literally hitting fucking rock bottom, and then and, getting back yep. to the goddamn yep. top. And right. I feel like so I feel like you have so much more to write right. in your story exactly. that like we'll look back on this episode and be like, "Fuck, fuck. man, Freeze just kept fucking, fucking going, right, bro?" <laughs> so just just want to I want to let you just know that okay so just uh just right. know that i want to plug your uh social media because i feel like you post a lot of really good shit like some of my favorite shit that i see is something that you curate and i'm like i needed excuse me to see that this morning okay yeah you one of one of the things that you had had posted was i don't know if it's a tweet from some dude named Stephen bartlett but it said and this is this was dope to me because I feel like this is what the podcast is about. And I'd like you to just kind of finish on like what you're doing right now to take care of yourself. But the, yeah, yeah. the, the, the quote was, everything changes when you realize that your diet isn't just what you eat. It's what you watch. It's what, it's what you read. It's, what you, it's who you follow and who you spend your time with. Ooh. So if your goal is to have a healthier mind this year, start by removing the junk from your diet. Ooh. And it's not, it's not just the stuff that you eat. It's how you Ooh. think. It's, it's how you support your, your family and your friends. It's Ooh. what you talk about. It's the information that you take in. It's the effort that you're putting yep. in, like you were talking about, yeah. to educate yourself yes, last week. Yes. And I just... I just felt that this morning and I, and I, there's yeah. like something every day or two that, that you share that I'm like, I needed that right now. And I wanted to acknowledge that. Honestly, that like that quote in itself, um, you know, it's, it's kind of like, it, it struck for me, Zilla, cause it was, it, it's obviously kind of the same thing we were just talking about, about right. weed and, 
and drinking and shit. Like that's all something I tried, but eventually I realized like it's not serving me. It's not. It's not. It's not benefiting me, and, and it's not. It's not that it can benefit. It can't benefit other people. It's just for me personally. Like that's some junk that I can get out, and and so I did, and and um, I just think you know for for my my social media, like what I do is I just post things that resonate with me, and a lot of it um, is about my growth and the things that I've been through and self reflection and thoughts that I've had that, that somebody else posts and I repost and and. Uh, and hopefully, you know, I get a lot of good feedback from people and whatnot. And I'm sure there's people that read it. I know there's people that read it every day and never give feedback, but they're reading it every day because it resonates in some sort of way. So, um, yeah, it's just uh, like my, my, my thing is like I like to post what I'm cool things I'm experiencing in my day, whether it's backstage stuff or, you know, uh, meeting uh, a celebrity or whatever, or if it's, you know, a, a lot of memes of personal growth and uh, uh, theories and philosophy and shit like that, that just like, you know, it, it just, I, I like to, I like to uh, stay grateful and humble. And that's, that's kind of what Instagram is for me is, is putting out messages like that. Yeah. I, like that. I appreciate that, man. I like that a lot. Appreciate you guys. Oh, man, I appreciate you freeze, man, man, you are, I'm, man, you my dude, man. What a dude. No, nah, I love you guys, man. We, yeah. we we got some crazy ass memories. Yeah, bro. they like, not we, they not ready for upcoming <laughs> episodes, bro. They not ready. <laughs> They're not ready. We got we got right, we they, got crazy crazy stories and crazy history yeah. and and uh you know it's 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 a it's a wild it's a wild ass ride life is and and it's and it's dope to, you know, part of my my thing in in my life and, and part of what I've learned through all this stuff is is um you know, I, I didn't really nurture relationships in my life because I didn't, you know, as a, as a kid, I had a, a father who, who abandoned me. And so I learned in a early age relationships were come and go. And I think, and I think for, for a long time, that's part of why I was drinking and using uh, drugs and whatnot. Mm. I was medicating from, from, from feeling, from feeling that, that, uh, that loss. It makes and sense so now. That's so yeah, big, and, 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 that, oh, and now so and now I'm sober, and, and and there's certain situations like being on this phone call with you guys and and thinking about our history and whatnot. And I'm like, there are there are relationships and friendships that I made that lasted through all that shit, even when I was acting a fool or you know uh, not not nurturing the relationships and whatnot. So I'm grateful for all of them, you know, and and it's a handful of, of ones that I consider. Uh, my my the ones that know me and have known me for through the through the highs and the lows. Right, and you guys when you know it's real. Those dudes. When you, yeah, when you know it's real, right. That's one, that's one of the things and freeze. Just gosh, man, thank you for sharing all of that with us today, bro. Like that Seriously. was absolutely like, bro. Like, that was big. You know what I mean? And this is this is like <clears throat> the bring things full circle for this whole day. Um, this whole episode it's a lot about looking at yourself and don't be afraid of looking at yourself in the mirror. Mm -hmm. I think that's, yeah. I think that's a very important, and that goes for everybody, right? Because if you don't like that reflection, looking back at you in that mirror, you don't do something about it. You right. Know, you want to be happy right. about that person. That's essentially what you did freeze. Cause you're right. probably, you know I, what I mean? Like, cause I bet you now when you look in that fucking mirror, 
You feeling yourself? You can do what a Jay Z say. You can dust that dirt off you your know? shoulders, player. You know what I'm saying? Hey, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spite. Like as, 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 as nice as I am, I, I joke about it often. I'm also very spiteful, and and, and so and so with, with everything. Even though there were my mistakes and my errors and judgment that got me where I was and all the and all the pitfalls that I experienced, my pride and my belief in myself was definitely the driving factor and and to be honest with you having a daughter like you know being being somebody she could be proud of oh, bro, was, oh, the, bro. was the was the driving bro, force save it, save when that. i was in jail save that save that because because you know, guess what that was save that freeze because we okay. uh, we have to save that because all three of us have daughters so we have yeah we're gonna save that oh that's an episode okay. yes save that because, That's an in-person. Okay, yeah. Let's do this. When are you back? When do you finish out in A-Town? When are you back to the West I Coast? I am flying back to SAC on Sunday. Then I'm going out to L.A. the 15th, the 14th, 15th, 16th. Then I'm back to Sacramento. And I'm thinking I'm going to chill in Sacramento for a couple weeks. And uh, and then I'm going to be flying out to different locations for the Wild and Out tour when it's on the road. Oh, that's dope. I wonder if it's coming, so I, think here, it's but... coming I think it's coming to Portland. Oh, so yeah. if it's coming to God. Portland... Yeah, yeah we'll come, come fuck with you. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Well, I'll be out in the Bay Area, you know, like you know, in a few weeks or so. Are you gonna so. go? Okay. Are you gonna go to that Pusha T show? Um, we'll talk about that all. I got man. work. Man. I know. I'd love to be there. And you were like, "What if J pops up?" And I'm like, "Ooh, what if he does?" <laughs> Well, because it's the it's the first show. I know, and that's there's that I'm song saying. too. That's what I'm saying. Oh, but I that's like that diet saying. coke. That's what I'm saying. Oh, that shit sound good. That's what I'm but anyhow, freeze, <laughs> freeze. Hopefully, we can connect in a couple weeks when I'm out there. So absolutely, brother. Uh, absolutely. I'll, I'll talk. We'll talk to you very soon. All right. All right. I love you guys. I love you, love bro. you too, brother. Peace. 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 This is the Hella Years Podcast. It's the Hella Years Podcast. Hip hop and wellness all together. Bro, listen. I'm listening. That was awesome. Shout out to my nephew first and foremost, Lil Z. You know what I'm saying? On the slap. You know what I'm saying? It's exciting to see what he's just doing in, in his room with hey, a computer right now, bro. Just on, a, on another note, like we'll we'll make an episode, and I'm sorry we got to be selfish about this, but. We gotta like toot our kids on our their horns, right? Because yeah. I, I just I, we not we gonna save it for you guys, but we got some pretty special individuals that we produced. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and like out of the same household, right, at the same no, around the same that's time. What that's what I'm saying. It's a whole story behind. What these was the two. name of that street? Comus Ave. Was it Comus? C-O-M-U-S Wasn't that it Comus Avenue Yeah Cause you and Ebro Had the house Yes That's what I'm saying Like we gotta like Right like, whoa, whoa, And then E moves to New York Yeah And I'm in the house By myself Boots And I was at that Bullshit yeah. apartment That was deep off the 26th Yeah Then we're like We're in the Then we're in the like You know In the hills Doing In the hills do. There's a park right there now A skate park We would've been up there Like crazy If that was around back then I know But it's okay. I just want to that that's future. We do have to do that episode too. But I'm just That'll today, be a good uh, I wanna say today was very powerful. And you know, outcast as we've gone through today and seeing like the impact of how outcast because Sean is older than Freeze. Yeah. 
and to hear like Sean, me and all of us on the same page, right? But the, that's the idea. Everybody's been around for hella years. I know, hella years. We've been through a lot of shit. So we want to share and talk about that, right? And that's fresh. But the one thing we, me and you need to talk about. Yes. We were talking about this earlier today. It's the different phases of actually outcast for us. Right. Right? Because it started off, what, 1994? Yes, sir. Southern playlistic gotta like music. Is that what it is? That's it. God, what we got? Get up, get out, get something. So here's the thing, though, right? Real quick, because I don't I don't think people know this. So Players Ball Yo. was a Christmas song. It was. It was going to be a Christmas album. If you listen to it, you can even hear like the jingle bells in it, right? Fire. Fire, though, right? And then it turned into, you know what? This could just be a single. Which was fire. Can't even be mad at it. With UGK. So here's the thing, though, right? That first album, I feel like that was like a hey. You need to check for us because we got some shit. Oh, I agree 5,000%. Not just check for us. We're here. We're here. Right? We're different. But for some reason, you love us and you don't know why yet. Mm. Because that's how I felt. I don't know. So they're on our radar at the time. Right. I I don't know why I'm drawn to them because we're we're in high school still. In the Bay Area. Yeah. Growing up. When... We're literally like, if you grew up in the Bay Area in the, what, early 90s? Yes, sir. Late 80s, early 90s, you listen to Bay Area music exclusively. So much Bay shit, dude. You you didn't really get too far. You know what? You know what's funny? I listened to a lot of Eric B and Rakim back then, along with along with Barry music. I yeah, don't know I listened why. to a lot of DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. <laughs> I listened to him too, but it was a lot of. But man, you, I'm seeing the billboards up for you know, are the little posters up for for Mac Mall's debut album. Oh man, I remember videos on Soul Beat. Oh man, come on. What what was that? Wasn't there? There was one too. You like call in, in the box, uh, the box, the box, the motherfucking box. They know about the box crazy but anyhow yeah back to outcast 1994 we're in high school yep we're bay area residents all we listen to is bass slap so outcast gets our ear they're good little tingle but i but i was starting to get into wu-tang at the time too agreed right my buddy mario put me up on wu-tang my buddy furpo put me up on met the man and i'm like oh now i'm gonna tell you why dope. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna tell you why <laughs> now i watched their videos Sneakily, like around like my friends in the neighborhood. Yes. They would talk shit about Wu Tang. I hear it. I know. But I heard I wa- it. But I watched their videos. I'm just and saying. So, so like when I was at like one of my boys' house, you know, you'd be at your boys' house, you're watching videos yep. on the box. On the box. You couldn't cause hella people would order Wu Tang videos. Yeah. I couldn't like sing the song and I knew the song. It was weird. Yeah. But so nineteen ninety four, we're in high school. Yep. Outcast comes out, gets her ear. Ooh, crazy. Next album, 1996. Yeah. Elevators drops, lead single. Dunskis for me. That was it. That was the that was it. I liked Outcast. I liked what they were doing. Elevators comes out, and I'm like, Yep, I'm an Outcast fan. Oh, more than Outcast fan. I'm sold. I'm sold. But not just sold, because 1996 is a very crucial year for you and I. Yeah. Oh. Seniors. 
yeah, side, side note, Boots and I, we're the same age. Well, you're a little bit older than me. Yeah, you yeah. just turned 44. Right. I don't get there till November, but right. that was you in January. So. Right, right. But we're, seven, we're born in 1978. Just That's saying. a good year. Right. Just I'm just big bro. Okay. But anyhow. 1996. 1996, ATL News comes out. Yep. Just graduated high school. What do you know? Whoa. Finding myself. Finding what a year, ourselves. right? 1996. What a year. I remember Shh. it so I, much. Hey, listen. I remember listening to Elevators driving down Howe Avenue on Sacramento, California on a hot summer day in my 87 Suzuki Samurai with no top on it. That shit blaring. Yeah. Just thinking about me and you. Yo mama and <laughs> too. I'm just saying. I'm just, hey, listen. I was I was mind blown. And so that AT Allen's is obviously for me. Yeah. My all time favorite album. It's my number one. Okay, number one. Okay. I got several songs we can go into in there that I love. That happens AT Allen's, right? Ninety six. Graduate high school. Boom. I'm going to college at Sacramento State. Nice. Right? I think, are you there yet? No, not yet. You're not there yet. So then, boom. What year is the next album come out? When does Equipment Night come out? 98? Yes. I don't have like my phone out. Or I don't have like the computer open or nothing. So I don't know. But I feel like. I think it was every eight, two 98, 99-ish. Yeah, because then, yeah. That would make sense. Because then what we're seeing first. That, yeah. So. Equipment Night. Equipment Night. What's the big record? Off Equipment Night? Yeah. The art of storytelling. There you go. I love that song. And then you, you're a person. I love part one and part two, but part one, like honestly, that might be one of my favorite outcast yeah. songs ever. <laughs> bro, and the way it starts out, oh, bro. And I'm listening. Yeah. Don't be doing nothing when you're listening to that song. Sit back and actually listen. Stop to what it. you're doing and listen and vibe and feel vibe, it right. and, and just receive right. that feel, information. Right, we we'll receive that energy from Andre 3000, bro, because yeah. he kicks that shit. You know what I'm saying? Bring the beat back. Bring that beat back. You know what I mean? There we go. So, there we go. But something is like crazy going on in our lives because both you and I are radio equipment. I yeah, we get to talk about it on the radio. And play the records. And play the records. That mm. shit was dope. And that's when we start meeting some people too from Arista. I remember meeting Lance Walden. Shout oh. out my big homie Lance. Hey, hey, hey! I hey. met Buys One through Arista. Yeah, me too. Was rest I, in peace, Buys One. One of the greatest to ever one. do it, man. Yes, Love you, big bro. All right, so equipment, I, you know, artist storytelling. Yep. Skewed on the Barbie. Yep. Rosa Parks. That's it. You know what I mean? damn good album it's not my favorite though right but i also like equipment i the song equipment oh i do love equipment that song is that's in your all, rotation a road, always all time favorite yeah okay right just like fucking elevators all time favorite that's for the rest of my life yeah that would be in rotation so after equipment i we got the infamous stankonia arguably Probably the album that, at the time, probably should have got the Grammy for album of the year, but with with Miss Jackson. I agree. And so fresh, so clean. I agree. Like, I mean, honestly, if you if you really look at just cultural impact, and this is album number four, when right. they're just really, really, really 
got they got they the got audience. the juice too. Yeah, they had all the juice. But it was also too like when Andre three thousand was really making his uh, um, what do you say? Not because I don't think he ever left outcast i think he outgrew outcast yeah he just went on to do some other shit right but it was when when he started dressing like andre 3000 right wearing feathers and shit i mean it was dope i got it you know what i mean like you're definitely different and then you can spit bars you know what i mean like you couldn't be his outfit didn't mean shit he will fucking still murder you in a freestyle period and you got to think like a lot of people was a lot of artists I've heard will put Andre like in their top five or even at their top. Art, yes, Andre you know? three thousand stay in artists. If you ask Tech Nine, if you ask Jay Z, if you ask Kendrick, there's a high probability that Andre, Andre three thousand might get mentioned. Yeah, I agree. Well, he the artist story, which says something, right? It means that artists recognize that what he does is special, right? And but I I don't like him by himself. I like him with Big Boy. Agreed. Well. I like him sometimes by himself. Depends. I think he is a very emotional human being. Yeah. And, you know, and we'll talk about later, but then the love below that kind of really showed you that. Because uh, I do like a couple of songs on there. And yeah. it was Album like, of the year, though? Uh, no. 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 I think. I'm glad they got the roses with that. Well, There's even a song, Roses, on well, there, right? right? Well, and it was what they were owed for St. Onya. Yeah, that's what it is. And it, and it's it, like how Kendrick got it for To Pimp a Butterfly, yes. which it was album of the year as well. Right. But after after Macklemore got it for The Heist instead Come, of... Shut the fuck. You know what I mean? Good Kid, Mad City. Come really? On. What? That's going to have to be an episode. Right. And mind you, I was a big fan of the, of that Macklemore and Ryan Lewis album. Yeah. I was I listened to it a lot. Right. I put time in with that. But that was K Dot in K. But K Dot, are that, we serious? That, are that, we really? Are, did we really Dre, award that to Macklemore? Dr. Dre. I'm just saying, led, dude. Like, come, no, come and, on. And you can listen to that from start from finish. Good Kid, Mad City. He changed that. One of the best hip hop albums of ever. all time. It changed the the trajectory of hip hop. I'm just saying, we're gonna. That's gonna be something we that have to get into. Talk about that. So, you know. Outcast in the whole has just been a very uh, big impact on my life. I think their earlier records were definitely more of like just I bumped the whole album to now like you know the and then, and I, I guess it's really I listen to it's really the last album, bro. That's the shittiest album. I know. Fuck. But I still love I still love it. I love Me what too. I love the recognition it got. I love Hey Ya. Like Sean was saying. Yeah. I love I love I like the way you move. I like prototype. You know? I Valentine's Hell yeah, Valentine's dude. Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's. You can't even be come mad on, at that. Come on, bro. That was a slap. Yeah. And it was different in regards to hip hop of like just showing the range of like this artist. Like that was real artist shit. Yep. You know what I mean? Like, and so fuck. So I'll, let's sum it up in our if we were to rank the Outcast albums in order that we think they go. Would you agree your number one album is AT Aliens? Yes. That is also my number one album. Number one. Number one, start to finish. As as soon as like I'm on some two dope boys in the Cadillac, like I'm in. Right. From that point on. Right. And, and my number two. My, What's your number two? My number two is Stankonia. 
Bro, that song. It is. That song it's with. No, it's stank on you. That song with Gangster Boo. Yeah, dude. It's stank on you. He revived her career with one song. Like if she she didn't even realize the layup she got thrown. You know. Because that song was hard. If she would have came out something else, mm. I probably would have listened to it based I, off of that song. Mind you, too. Also, we're talking about the flyest, like most pimp song. Like so fresh, so clean. Oh. is so fucking pimpish and so, so stylish and so fucking groovy and dope. Just fresh as fuck. Fresh as fuck. Fresh as fuck. So fresh, so clean. Okay. Like, come on, so, man. So, so Stankonia is my number two. I'm with you on that, number two. So, number three, are we in agreement? I'm probably I'm probably going Equimini. Because I like Southern playlisted Cadillac music, but not but a couple of songs. Like I only bumped a couple of songs on that album. Agreed. I played more of Equimini. Agreed. Well, that one's a toss-up for me because between the two, I think there's both two records I listen to all the time on both albums. Really? And the Equipment Eye album is Equipment Eye mm-hmm. and the art, the art of Storytelling. Part one? Yes. There's part two also. I know, but part, different. part one. I know. Part one gives me a different feel. I hear that. I listen to. So you got more flavor too. You right. got Rosa Parks on there, right? You got I Skewed mean, on the Barbie. Yeah, but it, <laughs> that's that more fast shit that yes, we were talking about right, outside right. earlier. And, yeah. And, and now, far as my listening pleasure, they're not bad songs. No, it's not what I want to be bumping in my car. I hear that. Right. So those are two songs I bump in my car. So what's your number three then? <sighs> are you going equipment? Are you going Southern playlist of like music? I'm going Southern playlist of like music. Okay. So then our fours are are swapped because I'll go that for number four and you're saying your four is Equimini. Right, because there's only two songs I really like on there. Right, and we're not we're not even going down the Idlewild road right now, y'all. Just what so a, you know, what is that? We're just gonna, you know, that was a cool forget, project. Forget they did that. that. They did that. But we're just doing like their their five albums. Right. Not the greatest hits one either, which, which did have the whole world on it, which was a great record oh, with Killer Mike. That was right. So if if you don't know where you can find that record, if you remember a whole world, the whole world. It's on their greatest hits album. Well, and also there were some great guest appearances, like certainly even the Andre three thousand and Beyonce record, right? Like that shit is fire. Yeah, or like Andre's verse on that um that which Carter album was it that Wayne had Andre do a verse that was I mean he makes little guest appearances here and there or what he just did recently on the Kanye right on the, was that on Donda or was that it was on something was it recently shit? yeah and then and and Andre didn't know what kind of verse Kanye was gonna do. And so there was a little bit of controversy about that. And he's like, mm, I'm not sure I probably would have been like on that record. Bro, but. he did a he was on the remix for Throw Some D's on it, remember? Throw some D's Throw on some it. Throw some D's on this shit. That was a good record. Right. So anyhow. So let's just recap then. Uh we were just ranking our outcast albums like right. what's our top outcast album and kind of working backwards. So if we looked at it, our number five we agreed upon was speaker box love below absolutely absolutely. i mean still a good album grammy of the year in the 2004 or album of the year in 2004 grammys but not necessarily like our record you know number four and number three we kind of each had ones that we swapped but my number four being southern playlisted cadillac music that was your number four was equipment right and then my number three was southern playlisted cadillac music. music but then we moved to number two and we agree on this one. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Stankonia. Stankonia. 
I got the little Stankonia album artwork up on the on the wall here in the in the hey, Hell of Year studio. That's pretty fresh. You know what I'm saying? I love that. And then number one, number one, all day, every day. The the the, the album that was probably uh, very crucial for finding myself as a young 18 year old man growing up. It was part of the soundtrack. It was the there. Soundtrack to my life. It was there when it was happening. Fresh when I just just living on my own, just out of the house in college, acting up. You already know. And you got to think like take yourself back to when you were in high school or when right. you were. 16 or 17 or 18 you just got your license right. you're just now driving around you're finding right. that freedom you're 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 moving and you're going places that you hadn't really had the opportunity to do or experience right ever because you hadn't been like in that space yet right because we were at aliens right just saying so that was a big album for us at yeah. aliens this is the hella years podcast it's the hella years podcast hip-hop and wellness all together it's starting to get kind of hot in the man cave, so I turned the air conditioner on, so you might get a little bit of that in the microphone. Can you hear the microphone? Can you hear the air conditioner? Yeah, that's what I hear different. Yeah, man, it's just it's too fucking hot out here, so I had to turn. It's nice outside out today. What's it like in Sacramento today, Maintain? Oh, it's real nice, man. We in the high 70s down there, 80. Nice. So, um, are you, you're safe, you're good, obviously, we're talking, but, uh, I mean, right down the street from you, Crest Theater, last weekend, uh, what's going yeah, on down man. there, man? What the hell is going on in Sacramento right now? You know, fact gonna be what it is, man, if you ever live here, you know, it's wild at any given time, so, uh, that is that, but, you know, my condolences to everybody that was lost, innocent or not, you know what I mean? It's, it's wild. Yeah. But, uh, and you just around you just down. around the street from there, right? You maybe just uh, eight nine blocks away. Exactly, bro. To the number by eight nine blocks away. Damn, that's man, that's crazy, bro. That's crazy. Well, fillet in the building today with us. We just hanging out. We just What's been politicking. What's happening? You know what it is, fam. Long time no here. I'll see you soon, up. Oh man, you already know, baby. I'm glad you saved, man. That shit was crazy. We heard about that shit out here. Yeah, man. That that shit is sad. I appreciate both of y'all. Hey, so we were talking Outcast and we were talking resilience this week. So, uh, real quick, uh, Outcast, tell me your thoughts on their place in uh, hip hop history and your story. One of the most important groups to me. Uh, Childhood memories on that. Remember when you used to get the magazines? They come in the mail, you can get like 10 CDs for a dollar? Yeah. Yes, sir. That's when Southern Playlistic Cadillac music dropped. So I had this neighbor kid. I've always been into sharing hip hop. So he got the thing. I'm like, man, you got to get this. So he gets it. It comes, you know, three, four, six, however many weeks later. He called me. He's like, my parents said I can't have this, bro. So it became mine. On nice. <laughs> You're like, yeah, that's me. That's me right there. Give me right, that. Right, bro. And one of the most epic uh, groups for their CD cover not just the album covers right the art on the cd no oh yeah for sure no lies i'm glad you brought that up yeah i'm out here right now did i put there's a skateboard in there today yeah the skateboard's up yeah. on the wall you already know that's man <laughs> that's the fractal see here's what's crazy so when outcast was at the bomb with us and i was talking right. art with andre he was telling me about he asked me if i knew about fractals and i was like i'm that's what I remember about our evening with them. I remember him asking me about fractals. That's I don't fucking know what a fractal is. <laughs> it's all some mathematical, like artistic, spherical shit. So if you look at the, 
that's the the special edition Stankonia cover. Right. The artwork is this it's this woman and then if you look at like how all of these different things are coming off of her like her hair and her body see all these little things filet i'm showing filet the 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 cover right now those are some something mathematical and they're called fractals that andre was working with and he just (laughs) nerded the fuck out and told me all about them i didn't know what he was talking about but apparently i said enough math words that it made sense and then wow. shout out Lance Walden and Arista and Andre for like making sure I got the skateboard and I got a note from Andre like real cool man fantastic time in dope. Sacramento is <laughs> a skateboard That's like fresh. what you know you can't make shit up right I just look down at my I got like a TV tray right here right yeah and I'll be collecting stickers on it and I look down as we talk and my newest sticker is Andre 3000 bro he's in the, the bulletproof vest Sipping the tea with the nine in his hand, man. That's wild. I can't even be mad at that, man. Andre 3000, man. All right, so that's Outkast. I figured they would be important to you and you would, you know, you would have uh, something to say on them. But now we're talking wellness and we're talking the the topic of resilience and being um, able to bounce back from adversity and from challenge. And I just wonder what, what your thoughts are on that and how you, you know, how you stay resilient in your life and continue to push through challenge and when you get knocked down how do you continue to get back up I think the easiest way to uh, explain it for me is just being optimistic man the glass always half full for me I've been like that since a kid and I think I don't honestly don't see a lot of the drama and stress people do because I choose not to not that I'm I'm ignorant to it but it's all mindset right so you know what I mean? If you don't quit, you'll get to where you're going. So that's kind of how, how I live life, that, that same marathon philosophy Nipsey had. I appreciate wow. that. Yeah, Rest in peace, sure. Nipsey, man. One of the greatest. We're going to have to do a super episode on Nips, on the hustle sure. one time. Oh, that's oh sure. yeah, man. That'll be two, three hours when we're done with it. Yeah, you already know. That might, when you come up here in a few weeks, man, that might be what we got to jump into is, is Nips I'm right ready, there. Brother. All right, so um, two minutes, two questions. First question, what are you working on this week? What's going on? Man, I'm still digging in on this gym. When we get off this call, that's where I'm going to. Ah, so, so that's kind of question too. What are you doing to take care of yourself? Yeah, so you just on that fitness, yeah. right? I'm just staying on it, man, eating right. And uh, what's crazy is it's not even hard to eat right when you recognize what you need properly for your body to get a certain type of output or performance. So it's been really cool just dialing that in and, and staying with it, man. There it is. I'm right not a person that... Uh, we talk about resilience. I don't quit when I start something. So that's it. Just the beginning of the new lifestyle, man. That's all. That's the game right there, man. Take care of yourself. That's the mission, right? Absolutely. Yes, sir. There it is, right there. All right, man. We'll check in with you next week, brother. Yes, sir. Um, man, you be safe out there in Sacramento, man. I will do so. All right, y'all brother. Stay safe as well. Right, See y'all man. soon. We we'll talk yes, to you in a minute. All right. All right. I can't believe what Mom just said. Mom just said.
Maintaining the homie for hella years Rapping for hella years This is the Hella Years Podcast My name is Zach Woodruff Also known as the Big Kid Boats Boatzilla Jenkins Website ZachWoodruff.com You can also go to BigKidBoats.com too And that's Boats with a Z B-O-O-T-Z Young Z Young Zach Lil Zach Lil Oswald's doing all the production on the podcast Sounded good, bro. Checking in with my big bro, Tony Tech. What do you think about Outcast, man? Man, so like Outcast changed the game, in my opinion. They were that first collective from the South. They had, you know, the Dungeon Family, Goody Mob, you know, all those cats. And when they hit, they just hit at a time when everything else was was really popping, but it just gave us a different sound and a different perspective. You know, um, the first album dropped in 94. My my firstborn son, he was born in 95. So that whole year, you know, I was listening to a lot of Outkast. I was paying attention. Get up, get out, get something. Right. That was like, Jealous my all your time trying to get high. <laughs> Man, like, like, that was like, okay, I have a child coming. Like, I'm still a hip hop guy. I was a young dad. But I was like, I have to get up. I have to get out, man. I have to do something. I I just can't stand here and roll with it. So then, what? Eight the Aliens drops 96. My son's about one. Dude, growing old, mainstream. Dude, like, once again, they, they not only had that pimp, fly, cool shit, they, they dropped so many lyrical gems and knowledge that... You couldn't help but really just pay attention to the music every time you listen. I definitely agree with that. Oh, Tony Technical. Oh, Tony <laughs> Tech getting fresh. So you know, let me ask you, know. you if you pick if you could pick one album, you get one Outcast album to sum up Outcast. What album is it? Ooh. Dude, Big Aliens, dude. 
Yeah. Uh, Alien. Alien. That's the song. Oh, one. man. Dude, that's that one. Yep. I, what, I think it's four, four to one today. I don't know. Whoa. I don't know. And Equivalent is a close second, but, dude, Wheels of Steel, Jazzy Bell. Man, dude, like I said, mainstream, get growing old. Peaches Those, and cream. I'm just saying dude. elevators, dude. Shut oh, it down. Elevators, yeah. shut it down. You know, dude, it was, there's just so many classics on that album. And, and, and if you listen to the to the first album, to the second one, sonically, the sound changed. That's when they really started, you know, doing their, you know, more creative shit. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So then if you, so AT Aliens is the album, but if you can only pick one Outkast song. What's oh, your shit. one Outcast song that you would if if you were gonna teach somebody about Outcast and you get one song to play? What is it? Crumble and Herb. Wow, Crumble nice. Crumble and Herb. That is a good song. That is that's my all time. He didn't even hesitate. Did you notice that he was ready for that? He was like crumbling herb. I think he just listened to it about about five minutes ago. Yeah, dude. He was like, no, I was just no, crumbling no. herb, crumbling herb, crumbling herb. Like, there it is. I found a seven inch single. In Milwaukee, Wisconsin, green vinyl, bro. Wow, Bumble and Herb, and it, 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 it had everything on. It had the the, the radio, the dirty, the instrumental, the acapella. I'm like, what? Dude, yeah, Crumble and Herb since since day one. And I yeah. bought that record probably about five, six years ago. That's crazy. That is fantastic. So, Tech, what are you working on this week? What do you got going on? This week, I have actually been. Um, organizing all my designs and files. I've been printing a bunch of one-offs for uh, store and pictures and stuff like that. Nice. Like I have like Carhartt jackets with the homegrown logo on it. I'm doing like varsity uh, hoodie sweatshirts. I got this like Letterman patch design that, that I'm working with gradients on. So I'm just a lot of creation, a, a lot of printing right now, just going through, making sure I'm, I'm hitting everything on my end for my business. As, as well as printing my customers' orders. Fantastic. It's getfreshapparel.com. Y'all need to check that out. Check out the homie. And then uh, what are you doing this week to make sure you're taking care of your mental health and, your, and just your temple? What are you doing to make sure that's a priority? Man, for uh, me, it's been a lot of just self-reflection. Nice. You know, you uh, look back at, you know, like I said, I, I, I went through the whole organizing of the photo albums of my family and stuff and, and doing stuff like that. So, so now it's looking back and, and seeing, you know, where I've grown, seeing what what was making it easy for me to grow and, 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 and asking myself those questions about, you know, was this, you know, a direct reaction or, or action to a certain thing or were you just put in the in the right space to grow? And as I, you know, think back and I relax and, and I really open my mind to trying to understand things like that, it's really all about the space. So, so just creating those safe, you know, spaces mentally where, where I can just go and, you know, think, think openly, communicate with my wife, you know, and, and just doing things like that have, have really helped me. I appreciate that. I mean, that's yeah. what we're trying to do with the Hell Years podcast. Absolutely. That was, that's, yeah. that's great, Tony. I'm, I'm really happy to hear that much success to that uh to that right like that's that, that's hard and, but it's you know and and, and you guys know this man it, it's ongoing you know and and I'm, I'm a firm believer that 
you don't grow until outside your, your your comfort zone. So if you're not making yourself uncomfortable with, with your growth and, and where you want to grow, you're honestly not really growing. Right. right. You know, you're stagnant. I love it. We appreciate you, Tony Tech. We're looking forward to getting with you next week, man. We'll do it live in the studio. It's the most beautiful thing. You have a fantastic Friday and a fantastic weekend. And uh, we will talk to you real soon, man, live in person. Yes, sir. Looking forward to it, man. Talk to you guys soon. All All right, brother. Peace out. Yeah. This is the Hella Years Podcast. It's the Hella Years Podcast. Hip-hop and wellness. All together. Alright, that's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in episode two of the Hella Years Podcast. You have an excellent Friday, an excellent weekend. ZachWoodruff.com is my website. Shout out my bro Filet, Free, Sean Kennedy, Tony Tech, maintain everybody for tuning in. It was a good time. I appreciate you. Have a safe weekend. Make good decisions. Make good choices. It's all love. Hip hop is health. <laughs>